Cindy Williams from Laverne and Shirley, and you are watching Below the Belt. And I don't have a catchphrase, but we can go, whoa, <laughs> close enough. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Right, guys, it's time for another episode of BT Below the Belt. I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most, our second show of 2023. And uh, so far, it is a two-man panel, so let's go ahead and introduce, guys, he is the birthday boy this week. He is also known as the once and future king. The last Numenorian and one true knight. It's Martin Lopez back on BTB. 28 years old. Happy to be here. <laughs> yes. I love it. We always get older, but the women always uh, get younger and younger. <laughs> that's, that's why I came up with uh, with 28. Everybody like asked me at the party, you know, how old I was. And like right. I'm dating, you know, Galena. So I'm like, we're 28. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? I was like, listen, if we live in a world where she and I can be pregnant, then we're both 28. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could say the same thing for my special lady, but I'd be the same exact age. So that wouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't work as well in my case, but nonetheless, do you know, guys. Yeah, do you know, like, neither one of us knew how old the other one was? Because, like, we were friends know. forever. And like yeah, and I just I just assumed she was too young because she looks like you know she's 22. She looks like she's in college, mm-hmm. and she thought I was 30 because I yes. look like me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we, like you know, it's it's after we had gone on like a date or two by accident, we were like at this pool party, and how old I came up with uh, how old I was popped up, and she's like, "Are you kidding me?" I was like, mm-hmm. "You didn't know?" She's like, "No, I thought you were 30." It's like, you've known me for five years. How do you not know how old I am? <laughs> but then, like, yeah, then I checked myself. I was like, oh, I didn't know she was, like, you know, 28 until, like, two months earlier anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> well, she, she was completely okay with that. And, then, of course, us guys were completely okay with that as well. But uh, but nonetheless. Uh, well, and that's also, I think, yeah, I think as long as you look decidedly younger than your actual age, then it's fine. <laughs> exactly. It's just nothing but a number, man. You got to keep your fitness right, your fashion right, and your, your you know, your, your, just your being, you know. Key. Or if you just have a really large bank account, I don't think any. Oh, that's, 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 I understand. <laughs> I know some people that rely on that, but yeah. I think those are the rules. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I love it. Of course, she's also affectionately known as Harley Quinn as mm. well. I know that you've been cosplaying and we, we are going to be talking about everything in the DC universe as James Gunn just dropped a bombshell of his first slate, but let's go ahead and introduce 
Joining here here on BTB, he is uh, known as the Sith Lord, as he's uh, starting to join us here uh, momentarily. He is also the one and only. He's six foot eight, and you can't teach that. <laughs> he is the one and only Darth Paul Wallace. I am a Sith Lord. Okay. <laughs> Paul, good to have you on BTB. Nice to be here. Yeah, you know what? We... um. We meant to talk wrestling last week, and um, I guess uh, due to technical yeah, my issues, phone died. Yes, technical issues on your end, um, you couldn't uh, continue with us. But uh, the fans uh, want to hear all about it, uh, so we we're, we're gonna have you make sure your battery is good to go, and we can talk yeah. everything in the world it of should wrestling be. later. I in mean, program. worst worst comes to worst, I could go out to my truck, just plug it in, and then go from there. <laughs> Right. You just won't have a it's a high tech system here. Some some <laughs> of us here on PTV guys, uh, we, we have a tremendous show, man, from top to bottom, guys. Um, there's a really cool con coming into Hunt Valley, Maryland, called Farpoint Con, and we have a father daughter uh, guest tonight in tandem, Carlos Alazacri and Riley Alazacri. That's cool. Uh, Carlos, you might know him as Deputy James Garcia in Reno 911. Uh, recently appeared in the Reno 911 It's a Wonderful Heist <laughs> Christmas <laughs> film on Comedy Central. His daughter Riley following in dad's footsteps and voices the character the character Rock Talk, um, which is this big stone-like character. Reminds me of Taika Waititi's uh, character from uh, Thor Ragnarok, that rock monster um but the thing is is that she's an eight-year-old female rock monster so watching this i'm like wow they really so more or less that she is the daughter of uh the rock monster from the movie wow i didn't even think about the rock monster from the movie you know what maybe so Maybe that's the tie-in. I know yeah, that the that argument she's... that like it's her dad playing the other character. That's probably a connection. Right. Okay. <laughs> and then and that's and that's voiced by uh, Carlos. Was the rock monster in, in the other uh, series? Is that what you're alluding to, Paul? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. I think it's just very very obvious there. So you've uh, definitely hit the nail on the head, Paul. Um, but yeah, man, let's uh, just talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment as we do here on BTB. So here we go. Gotcha. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Yeah, that's right. Let's talk a lot of stuff going on in the world of entertainment. Of course, uh, we were back on BTV last week, um, and I thought, okay, well, you know, it's only been a few days since the last show, but we've still got a ton of crazy yeah. things that came out. Um, but let's start with the box office, as we always do. Avatar, The Way of the Water, still the number one movie. Uh, now has actually surpassed... Number one movie over the weekend, but now has surpassed Star Wars The Force Awakens uh, to become the fourth highest grossing movie in history. So um, if you want to know, um, the, you know what is the box office by chance? The number one of all time is the original Avatar, two point nine two billion. 
the second is Avengers Endgame, $2.7 billion. Oh, and the number three movie is Titanic at $2.19 billion. So now that uh, Avatar is at $2.11 billion globally, uh, yeah, that puts it right up there uh, as the number. So, so it means uh, it's actually made $11 million after the cost. Oh, the budget? Was the budget about $2 billion? Yes. <laughs> It was two billion dollars, yes. So, so they made eleven million dollars, which I guess is good. But I mean, was it? I mean, it looked expensive. I mean, all those uh, crazy special effects. I mean, yeah. So I, I, you know, they say you you have to double your budget Mm -hmm. uh, to to do well. You can't break even. I mean, is it going to? I mean, do you think it's going to get four hundred million? I mean, it's like that's. I mean, four billion. Maybe four billion, yeah. What was the, what was Avatar 2 budgeted at? Do you know, Paul? It was like two two billion dollars. It was two billion. Okay. Yeah, so, so I mean uh, it made eleven million dollars out so far. I mean Okay. So is there is there any way that that's kind of Lord of the Rings up because they filmed three of those movies at the same time? See, I don't know if I mean I don't know if it's maybe made with six uh, six billion dollars for all three of them. I don't know. Yeah. Or, or is, that's what I'm asking. Is like the two billion dollars all? I mean, I heard, I heard the cost on it was two billion dollars. They would have to make two billion dollars to break even. So that's 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 just insane right. amount of money. Yes, I believe two and three were, you know, well, three is already in the can. James Cameron said. Yeah, um, yeah that's what I'm saying. So because he, he was nervous, the kids were going to get too old. So like he shot them rapid fire. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, and then of course he now wants to do four and five, which now he can because of the success of the second film. Um. But uh, yeah, moving on to the rest of the box office, um, two, three, four, and five, respectively. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, hmm. A Man Called Otto, Megan with the number three because that's a uh, AI uh, doll. You know, are they going to do Megan R? Because I mean, they did PG. I think if they did an R, I think it would be a lot better. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> well, it depends. What I don't know. You have child actors. You have a child AI robot. Yes, I, it makes sense if it was more of a killing machine mm-hmm. and it got that rated R movie, but I don't know. It is PG-13. It is what it is, but uh, um, but still very, very strong numbers at the That's box office. Yeah, but um, a Bollywood movie, of, out, of, out of all movies, is a number five movie. It's called Pathan. Um, yeah. So that's, are, you're familiar with that, Martin? Oh no, but like I, I have a, a decent amount of Indian and Pakistani friends, and they like their feeds are blo- they're like what they're talking the about this movie, movie? really? Yeah, it's, it's like, I yeah, have no idea what's about. Remember all the Asian love that crazy rich Asians got? Yes, you're, you're, seeing, you're seeing the same thing. The it's same that thing kind of the thing. Indians. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know. I mean, do oh, they break wow. out into dance for some no random reason? Because it seems like every it's, Bollywood it's movie does that. It's got it's part of the rules of Bollywood. Your film has to end in a little. Well, shoulder it stars action. Shah Rukh Khan, which, who is India's biggest male film star. See? So it's kind of like, I guess, what, the uh, the, the Brad Pitt of, of India, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, um, and it's that kind of film. It's like action, car chase, I am cool guy, you know. <laughs> That's cool. That's More cool. power to it. You know, I think they need to be one with him and Shatner. Because <laughs> his name's Khan. I mean, could you imagine Shatner? Khan, and oh, Khan. I get it now. I get it now. <laughs> Uh, not breaking the top five is a movie called Infinity Pool, um, which is directed by Brandon Cronenberg, the son of the legend, legendary David Cronenberg. Um, only 2.7 million um, 
and that stars Alexander Skarsgård, Cleopatra Coleman, and Mia Goth. Um, um, but uh, that, nonetheless, that's uh, the box office from the past weekend. Upcoming movies we can uh, look forward to includes uh, Stephen King's The Boogeyman. Um, that actually debuted during the NFL-NFC Championship game. Um, and, of course, the Eagles won that one. Um, but, yeah, I know, right? Um, uh, so it showed uh, Will, played by Chris Messina, getting ready to tuck his daughter in. Sawyer, played by Vivian Lyra Blair, who you may know as young Princess Leia from the Obi-Wan series. Um, right. So it's kind of cool to see her uh, in another project. Uh, she as did long great. as she doesn't have a running scene. <laughs> right, let's hope she doesn't have a running scene. But uh, she's proven that she's a great actress. Because um, it's really hard to find child, great child actors that are con- convincing. And I think she did a great job. I mean, you might be crit- critical about her running, but nonetheless, I think... <laughs> Well, that's uh, not that's not on her. That's the directing, right? Like she can only yeah. run as well as she can run. So you have like two imperial guards and like a Sith trainee that can't keep up with a six year old and flee from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, I mean, so, like no, I like I'm not critical of her running. I'm critical of whoever greenlit that sequence and then <laughs> right. shot it and then looked at it in post right. and still decided to put it in the show. I'm critical of that whole series. Exactly. Just blame Kathleen Kennedy. Yes. Ooh. 100 <laughs> percent wow accurate Shots are fired she That's knows what right. she did moving on um a lot of the big films from sundance getting a lot of attention of course yours truly could not make it this year um i'm a little bummed that i didn't but um some of the big films from sundance um includes a film called theater camp which searchlight won distribution rights for for eight million um, also, a very racy drama called Fair Play uh, sold to Netflix for $20 million. And, um, and then there's also John Carney's Flora and Son, an uplif- uplifting look at a single mother and her teenage son bonding through their shared love of music, sold for Apple for just under $20 million. So those are a few of the, like, the big purchases from that particular film festival but uh, it was good because they actually had an in-person festival after not having it uh the past uh yeah two years you know 2021 oh, 22 speaking of that yeah, did you see a philadelphia has an in-person uh sag viewing party I, there you go that that's that's more so, i mean that's uh that uh, they should have these uh, in-person film festivals again, man. I mean, COVID is so 2022, right? Well, yeah, but here's—I <laughs> hate to get on that, but I mean, if you think did you hear about what Zachary Levi said? Are we going to bring that up or no? Yeah, I was going to get to that in the DC stuff. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll wait. We can, uh, but then we could go a tangent with COVID, with COVID again. <laughs> but no, yes, mainly the the fact that the he is an anti reinactivated the mandates. The mandates are still there. They never did away with them, which is stupid now. It's interesting because, yeah, the, as the events and the film festivals and all, all that stuff is resuming as normal, um, being back on set, there's still those. those I mean, I, uh, hey, I don't mind sports. wearing a mask. I don't mind. I mean, I just mind the vaccine mandates because, I mean, medically, I can't get it. So I know. It's like, and know. there's a lot of people who can't get it, and there's a lot of people who don't want to get it. We so know it's this, like, Paul. I know. I know. Um, we, we, uh, we feel your pain, man. We feel your pain. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's get a my body, my choice. <laughs> my, body, my choice exactly i mean if they if they if if, 
women can, you know, decide whether or not to, to, to carry on with their pregnancy. Um, you know, some, some people want to, will argue that too, yeah. but th- then again, yeah. this, we're not that kind of show. We're an entertainment yeah. show. So I, I don't think we should go, <laughs> go down that rabbit hole, so to speak. Um, but yes, uh, what you said, Zachary Levi, yes, is, uh, was revealed, uh, to be, I guess, an anti-vaxxer because when someone competent, commented on the dangers of pfizer uh he acknowledged it he said absolutely yes all right um see how we'll we'll see how that plays into when we talk about the dc stuff but uh okay um what else in uh sundance so um you might remember thomas and mckenzie she did awesome in last night at soho she's in a film with anne hathaway called eileen um and um they're basically employees at a, a juvenile facility who are okay. complicated? Yeah, who are uh, subject to dark impulses and a spellbinding adaptation of an Otessa Mosfey novel from William Oldroyd. Okay, so that was one of the uh, the bigger films. Um, we mentioned Flora and Son, um, which is the um, the romance, the rom- romantic drama where um, basically uh, two people fall in love through music, and that's Eve Hewson. If you don't know, if you don't know the name, her dad is a super duper famous rock star in Bono of U2. Um, she's been going more the. Act- See, I was thinking, I was thinking you were going to say Whitney Houston's daughter because it sounded like you said Eve Houston. <laughs> no, Eve Houston, Houston, H E W S O N. Falls for guitar teacher, uh, for her guitar guitar teacher in, in L.A. Uh, played by Joseph Gordon Levitt. So uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's it's another a really one to look wide out for. Variety of roles. Like he's for really Joseph? all over the place. Yeah, because he'll yeah. do like he started off as like the buddy sidekick comic relief yep. dude for like ever. Yeah. And then he clicked over to like more tough guy stuff, getting tied in with Batman. And then he did that Bruce Willis movie Looper, where he's more like you know whatever. Yeah, pretty good in that one. Yeah, and he's good in all of them, right? And, and Edward goes, you know, Snowden. Let's not forget yeah. that. that yeah, that was that was a little bit yeah. more action, whatever. Yeah. But then he he's still does pa- like. The, the cancer buddy comedy one with he's Seth Rogen. Like, yeah, he's just, yeah. yeah, he's all over the place, man. Yeah. He's just like more indie films now because it just seems like he's not in mainstream well, stuff as much. That's the thing about Sundance. I mean, they're like the what they call the big budget indie films. So yeah. eventually they will get distribution. They're just budgeted a certain, um, you know, they're not initially greenlit yeah. studio. So well, I mean, yeah, I, I just thought maybe he's going to Edward Norton route and just choosing, picking and choosing like projects <laughs> he, he likes. And, mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. Um, oh, one more, um, Sundance film, you know, the documentaries are a big deal. They're actually doing one about Michael J. Fox. Um, and of course, you know, he's been an an advocate for Parkinson's disease. Um, as you know, uh, Michael J. Fox, uh, has been, uh, has been, yeah, has been dealing with that disease for, uh, the most recent part of, you know, you know, of his career and certainly probably has affected his career as well. Um, so I'm sure that would be a, uh, pull in the heartstrings kind of documentary. Yeah. Um, but anyways, those are movies coming out. And of course the Sundance movies you'll see hopefully down the road, but stuff in production, let's start with DCU. So first of all, it's no longer DCEU. James Gunn wanted to make it a point. It's just DCU as in the, that continuity, the Rob Pattinson Batman and the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, they're going to be considered DC Elseworlds. So, okay. oh, that's kind of cool. Elseworlds? So, 
Elseworlds, yeah. I'm surprised. I'm, I figured they would go with the comic book and, and call it Black Label because that's where they've been doing with the more mature line. Of, see, of see, the thing is, if you do that, could you do like a Superman with Cavill as Elseworlds also? You yeah, it sounds like it. You could, yeah. Um, but uh, let's let's kind of introduce uh, our 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 guest co-host tonight um, as we just started talking about the new James Gunn uh, DC use late. Uh, he is journalist extraordinaire from the Rogers Review. He is Dean on the scene. Rogers, uh, welcome back to BTB, Dean. Cool. Great to be back and happy 2023, everyone. So good to be here. Yeah. Sorry, uh, but 2023 decided to give my computer a little bit of a mess today. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, we're starting out the – this is our second show of B, uh, BTB of 2023, so – Dean, we're happy uh, to have you on. And we just started talking about the DCEU slate. Um, and it's no longer DCEU. I should correct myself. It's DCU uh, that James Gunn is um, now revealed what we can expect. So here it is. So his uh, his first slate is going to be called Chapter One. Instead of phases like Kevin Feige, he's going by That's chapters. Cool. So this is Chapter One. The subtitle is Gods and Monsters. Wow. That's, I mean, that's pretty unique, I guess. It's kind of cool. So let's 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 hear what they have. So first of all, what they want to do, one of the strategies of this first phase is to take what he calls the diamond characters, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and use them to prop up the other characters that people may not be familiar with. So um, that includes um, the first project. It's called Creature Commandos. I am not familiar <laughs> with this group. Uh, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> this is going to be an animated seven-episode series uh, written by James Gunn. Um, originally, it was a team of classic monsters assembled to fight the Nazis. <laughs> so obviously, I don't think this, you can do that nowadays. <laughs> so obviously, this is a modern take on the concept. Voice actors have not been cast, but... Looking to find people who can not only voice the, an, the animated characters, but also portray the live action versions, which the kind of like what what is doing. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like um, the Suicide Squad for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, right? Like the go. bad guys yeah. to that, you know, right. Dracula, Frankenstein, <laughs> Wolfman, that whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. And uh, it's so interesting. Anybody because, public domain, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so this goes on to the next um, project, which is going to be an HBO Max series called Waller. So this will be um, a spinoff of Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad movie, which um, I guess can be um, confirmed that Viola Davis is the one of the first returning yeah. characters from the new DCU. They're going to keep her from the DCU. Um, are they going to um, keep her daughter, too? Because remember, her daughter was in Peacemaker. Yeah, oh, I think, yeah. I think the Peacemaker series will be canon because that's the James Gunn. You know, in fact, yeah. I think it's going to start really with the James Gunn Suicide Squad. Okay. It's going to start with that one and Peacemaker because um, although the Peacemaker 2, season 2, is not on the slate, um, that definitely is going to happen. But yes, I think a lot of those characters from Peacemaker, that's because cool. it is a spinoff of Peacemaker, is going to be in uh, this wall. So, I mean, Margot Robbie has more canon time. I, they haven't nice. announced it officially, but. If they do, I'll be so happy because, yeah. you know, they, they didn't bring the back my boy Henry Cavill. 
Oh, yeah, with, with, without Cavill, the whole franchise is built on Margot Robbie. I know. <laughs> James Gunn, you will be absolutely insane if you do not keep Margot Robbie. I implore you, please keep Margot Robbie in the new new DCU. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, Superman, so this is the first Superman movie on the slate. It's called Superman Legacy. Um, and, um, of course, uh, James Gunn will be writing and directing. And... Um, Apparently, this is gonna be gonna be like a um, a younger version of Superman. They're calling it the Year Two Superman. It's not gonna be an origin story because we already know about that. It's gonna focus on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. So, um, and that's gonna be released in July of 2025. So, um, they haven't announced casting yet. There's rumors that. Uh, the kid from Euphoria, um, forgot his name. Um, they were looking at him that he would be a good fit. I don't know, but they definitely want to go the younger route, so that's why. Sadly, actually, what they should do is be like use the guy from Smallville and be like, "Hey, that already happened, so now he's Superman." Tom, well, and you know, and they could also go with Tyler Hoechlin too, who's in that yeah, yeah. Superman and Lois series as well. Yeah, because I mean, they both look, look young enough. I mean, I would agree. I would agree, but you know, James, he he has his vision and yeah. I have a feeling he's going to go completely, completely uh, rogue on that one. See, um, I, I think, honestly, I think DC's probably going to overtake Marvel the way Marvel's going at this point in time, unless they change ship. I don't strategy. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little, you know, after hearing the say, I, I feel a little better. So uh, what else? Uh, we have a movie called The Authority. So The Authority is a property from Wildstorm Comics, and DC Comics bought all the Wildstorm Comics properties, and Authority was one of them. So basically, they're kind of like um, what they call the Grey Hats. They're not really good or evil. They're kind of like the in-betweens, you know, the Grey Hats. So um, basically, this group of superheroes are known for extreme methods protecting the planet. So they could be very controversial. They could be, you know could be very risky and could cause a lot of casualties who knows but uh uh it's an interesting uh, take on superheroes instead of that completely benevolent superhero you have one with you know which maybe you know you could come maybe compare it to like the black adam maybe like a, like uh one of those well, i don't think maybe like the boys also because the boys are kind of or the boys yep the boys will be absolutely a great comparison to that I'm very curious to see this take uh, under the DCU. So, um, so they didn't announce Gal Gadot's return as Wonder Woman. Um, they didn't say she's not 100% back yet, but they didn't say that she's back. This this next project me, lets me lets me believe that yeah. they're not bringing her back. So it's called Paradise Lost, and basically they're calling it a Game of Thrones style drama set in wonder woman's birthplace of themiscira okay and as you know it's an island it's a nation of all women you know and uh curious to see how that one will will translate as a a series um and, they're and it, paradise lost and they're calling it paradise lost yeah that's an interesting title that's <laughs> satan's fall from heaven after the broke <laughs> god so <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that's what they're trying to make that reference. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's see if that works. Right. Um, let's see. So um, we mentioned the DC Elseworlds. Yes, um, the Batman sequel is still happening. Uh, Bat. Uh, so that will be Robert Pattinson 
um, for the Batman Part 2. Uh, and that's going to be released in 2025. Again, this is going to be DC Elseworlds. It's not going to fall into the continuity of DCEU, but... Actually, if it is Elseworlds, is that going to cross over? I mean, would Joker from the Joker movie maybe cross over to the Robin Patterson movie? Or is that kind of... The timeline's a little different. The Joker movie took place in the 70s, didn't it? Mm -hmm. And the, the Batman movie took place in the modern era, so... They would have to have a much older something happen. Yeah, yeah, I guess right. Yeah, and one would argue, why wouldn't they want Robert Pattinson's Batman to be in DCU? I, I mean, I'm, I would, I would be all for it. But, that. But Somebody said want, Ben Affleck's still under contract, so I wonder if they're going to use Ben Affleck or maybe switch him out with that. Um, that could be a very, very viable possibility. Yeah, they said, said he signed for like three films. Yeah. Well, he, he, I mean, I well, think if he signed, you're going to get paid is, no matter what. This is where what you said makes uh, makes it more intriguing. The first Batman project under DCU is called the brave and the bold. Mm-hmm. So this is the introduction of the DCU Batman. Yeah. And it's also going to introduce a version of Robin called Damian Wayne, who is Bruce Wayne's oh, yeah. son. Yeah. That's a, oh, that's the yes. grandson of the demon head. That's Rachel Ghoul. Yep. Right. So this movie will take inspiration from the classic run written by Grant Morrison that introduced cool. Batman to a son he never knew existed, a murderous tween raised by assassins. It's a very strange father and son story. That's a great storyline. And Ben Affleck yeah. is the age to have a tween kid. So if yeah. they want to keep Ben Affleck, then that well, would they be could use of- Michael Keaton too. I mean, I guess, cause I mean, he's still kind of floating in there somehow, I guess. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens. I'm curious to see if he, he's going to bring in anyone um, that you know that played these characters before, or just go completely clean slate. Um, yeah. So this is a big one on the Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. So this one kind of takes place of the Supergirl movie or the Bat, the Batgirl movie that they, okay. they threw away. Um, but this one's written by Tom King, who is one of the the more renowned dc comics writers yeah and uh so this but that's is that's what you need to be you need to have the comics writers actually write the movies because they know the characters inside they, they and out would, some random to, dude they would have the treatment but yeah you still need mm-hmm. screenwriters to write it into <laughs> yeah. script format yes but this is kind of cool so this origin story supergirl is a little different so basically krypton explodes in, in one origin story this is where part of krypton breaks off from the rest of the planet and it's almost like inhabitable, like very um, deserted area of this rock of Krypton. And um, basically Supergirl was raised on that little rock that that broke off of the main planet. And um, she became a little more, um, I guess, a little more hardcore, you know, because she didn't have all the, the luxuries of Krypton. Um, okay, so that basically like a good story, too. Yeah. yeah, we can use a Superman to like make some bad decisions every now and then, loses yeah. his temper well, this, every this, now and then. This will be Supergirl. Um, well, that's what I'm saying. But it's it's that character. Just yeah. like, yes. I'm sick of this girl. <laughs> right. So you'll have the Superman character, who was the traditional story. He was he was raised as a baby, um, you know, by the the Kent's mom, Pop yeah. Kent. But then the like, other people Supergirl. in Kansas is probably so gentle. Right. right. He wasn't exactly. up there on that rock. <laughs> so this this will be an interesting. Uh, She's like Tying. a Black Ops Kryptonian. I like that time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. They bring her in for wet work when it's really bad. 
Um, and this is one of my favorite characters that I enjoyed reading as a youth, and that's the character of Booster Gold. Now, he's a, a lesser-known DC character. Oh, so no, he's, yeah. he's pretty yeah, cool. Really cool, cool gimmick. So his character, his gimmick is basically, they call him a loser from the future. So he has all this cool future technology and knows that if he went to Earth in current in the current year from, you know, way in the past for him with this technology, he could use it and become a superhero. So wasn't he like a janitor or something in some like exactly something like that? Exactly. So so let's say he's from the year 3000 and he's got Mm -hmm. all this technology. He comes back to the year 2023. You know, I mean, that's, uh, you know, a thousand years prior with all this crazy wild technology and just calls himself a superhero. So I, I think it's pretty brilliant. Um, pretty cool. Uh, the James Gunn describes it as an imposter syndrome as a superhero. <laughs> but see, that seems like a James Gunn type of film too, doesn't it? That seems like something he would be good at. Cool. I think it's really cool. And, uh, and the last project on the slate uh, for now is Swamp Thing. They're going to bring that back as a horror film. That's going to close out uh, the first well, chapter. I, I heard about one more. Did you mention that Green Lantern thing? Oh, snap. You're right. God, that's a really good one. Yeah, that. I mean, you had you had Hal Jordan thank and that. Uh... Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. It was right here. All right, so this is a big one. One of my favorite um, superheroes is Green Lantern, who we Ryan never Reynolds. saw in live action except for Ryan Reynolds' version. Mm-hmm. And I know that Greg Berlanti was in, you know, trying to do his own series, but that got scrapped. So now they're going to do this Lantern series on HBO Max, and it's going to be kind of like a galactic true detective. So basically, he's calling these Green Lantern warriors like the policemen of the galaxy, basically. And yep. they're calling, yeah, it's it's terrestrial based. It's going to feature Hal Jordan and John Stewart. It's kind of like the, the two best two ones. cops, like the white cop, black cop kind of thing. Um, but as Green Lantern Warriors. And I, I think it's cool. I think it's a cool take on it. Um, and uh, I, again, I think Green Lantern is one of the coolest characters, one of my favorite characters as a kid. And I can't wait to see this this uh, series. I think it's going to be really, really awesome. So, yeah, thank you. That that one like slipped through the cracks, uh, Big Paul. Because yeah, you'll be like, oh, shit, I've got to mention that one. Yeah. So out of all those... Um, projects is there any particular projects that oh wait you've got one more blue beetle well so blue beetle well, is, well, that was a, i guess announced before so, so. yeah the, the four movies that are still coming out the shazam fury of the gods blue beetle aquaman 2 and flash those four movies um are still coming out they're still technically a part of the the zack snyder verse oh, however okay. it's the flashpoint movie that will Supposedly that everything said everything. Okay. So you could actually maybe even count the flash movie to be the final movie in the Zack Snyder verse. Yeah. And I believe, I believe they're going to have the blue beetles uh, remain as, as that, uh, as a new era, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, Blue beetle. And, uh, as I said, booster gold team up sometimes. So it's like, that'd be like a good match. Blue and gold. Yeah. That would be, I mean, you got to have that team up, right? I think that'd be really, really cool. I hope Flashpoint's good. That storyline is so well, good. Yeah. If they, if they James do it Gunn right, that has film seen would it. be amazing. James Gunn's seen the movie. He said it's fantastic. Mm. See, I, I don't understand why they're keeping Ezra Miller. So like, that's the problem. Effect. That's why they haven't made an announcement about Flash. Is Ezra Miller is? has been going through a lot of um, 
you know, mental health. Because um, he's an international criminal right now. <laughs> and he's an international ki- criminal. He starts Wait, he's not a he, he's a them, remember. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. They. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to correct myself. They sorry. are deeply troubled. <laughs> they are deeply troubled. They are getting into a lot of uh, trouble around the globe. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll have to see. <laughs> we'll have to see what happens there. Um um, so you might want want to know what's going on with um, some of the TV shows. So the Flash is coming to an end on the CW, which is a lot of people think that Grant Gustin should be the new Flash. I, I honestly think that would be the best thing to do. Just do the Flashpoint, Grant Gustin takes over, and then you're good to go. Right. Um, and they have at least one or two more seasons of Superman and Lois. So apparently James Gunn is not going to touch that. That's going to run its course. I don't think that's going to be associated with the new DCU. And they have something called Gotham Knights that's going to be um, premiering on CW. So um, that's going to involve other characters in yeah. the Gotham universe. So kind of like um, the, the, the DCU or is that going to be separate? That's the thing. I think it's still going to be in that CW verse. But uh, okay. it, it's because I mean, that would be a good place to introduce like Damian Wayne and then just kind of work him into the movies, you know, if I mean? they wanted to. But I think they're, they're really slowly phasing out the CW stuff because okay. they want HBO Max to have everything, you know, kind of like they did with like the, the uh, Daredevil verse, more or less. Yeah, with with, with what Marvel's doing with Daredevil. Stuff, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So another another well, sad news if you're a fan of Titans or Doom Patrol, they're they've both been canceled at HBO Max. Oh, uh, I really like Doom Patrol. I know they're both great shows. Um, and apparently oh, run, James Gunn got a lot of heat for that, but he said that those shows decided to um, end with season four be- before he started, is what he's claiming. So he's saying he had nothing to do with Titans and Doom Patrol ending. Awfully but... convenient tale, sir. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, all that get... was decided before I showed up. Oh, he wants oh. as little heat as possible. <laughs> although, although, you know what? Brendan Fraser would be a lot more money now, too. Yes, because he's voicing the, the, the Robot Man character, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did a great job with that, too. And, uh, mm-hmm. Fantastic show. I need to get through... Um, I haven't gone beyond a few episodes season one, Martin. Does it get really good? Have you are you caught up on I mean, Doom Patrol? Re- really good's relative. Uh, I just enjoy it a lot. Nice. So like you know, and there's some there's some deeply moving dramatic shows uh, episodes. There's some stuff that's just hilarious. It's just I think like overall it's just like thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, it's kind of like Peacemaker a little bit, but a little yeah. bit like grittier. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because Peacemaker is much more straight up comedy. Doom Patrol yeah. is much more like yeah social satire uh focusing yeah. on absurdity uh they okay. do a really good it's very in that sense it's kind of like south park it does a really good job of like mirroring the flaws in us in just like a ridiculous way that still gets yeah. the point okay. so uh, i guess i should survey uh, the panel which dcu project are you most excited about big paul do you have a let me see i'm trying to think about what one would be good um yeah Actually, Green Lantern movie, if it's done right, because I mean, I was looking for a mm-hmm. good Green Lantern in, a, yep. in the last universe, and now you have two of the better ones out there. So, yeah, I'm gonna, for me, it's going to be Lanterns and Booster Gold for me. Um, I'm really intrigued about those two, and those will be for the series. For the movies, I guess the Batman Brave and the Bold movie. I'm curious to see his take on yeah. that Damian Wayne uh, character. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, that for for me it's it's yeah, Batman and Damien and like that's a real close tie with Flashpoint. Just because I've been waiting for Flashpoint for like three years now. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, that's that's an awesome movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well um, that's gonna explain a lot yeah. of the things. Uh, only the, is that is that why you think they did away with the what do you call it movie the Batman Beyond because it's gonna be similar to the yeah the Michael Keaton Batman. movie. Yeah, I think that's they might even be at ed- editing Flashpoint in a way that resets you know starts the whole dcu after that because i mean think about it. damian wayne and then like a tyler mcginnis like i mean it would still be an older batman training a younger batman so yeah it was the same thing at most we're very interested to see what happens there um dean are you um particularly interested in any of the dcu uh projects that we talked about um i say the batman and the blue bill beetle the blue beetle movie okay yes the Blue, Blue Beetle. Beetle. I also the Blue inter- Beetle. I got a chance to interview the actress who mm-hmm. in, in the Blue Beetle, hopefully. Yeah, and uh, of That's course, cool. let's let's not forget about Cholo Maradueña from, uh, yes, from Cobra Kai, who is the Blue Beetle that you you and I got to chat with at the Noche de Gala in Washington D.C., which is a very very awesome event. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, next year's Noche de Gala. Or actually this year, because it's going to be in tw- later in 2023. Um, so Dave Batista was in, uh, interviewed recently, and he's saying his pursuit to play the Bane character is over. So apparently he said last year, a couple of years ago, that he met with Bo- Warner Brothers to play Bane. And he was like, I don't care, I'm playing him, even though if you're not casting him, I'm still going to play him. But then he had a conversation <laughs> with James, and of course, they're all going younger now, so... Um, he you said know, he well, was, the thing is with him, have you seen him recently? He like lost a lot of muscle mass. So I don't know if he did that for a film or what, but he's like kind of well, like I, I mean, watched, he's, he's, yeah, I watched Glass Onion. I mean, he wasn't as yeah. jacked there, you know, and like noticeably, like yeah, yeah, that's right. not ten pounds. He dropped like thirty. Right. Yeah. Right. He's still jacked, but he's just not huge. He, he's just more cut. He's. I mean, I don't know if he's yeah. jack jacked, but I mean, right. So. I guess the Bane, the Bane character is super jacked. So Yeah, he would have to be super jacked, so like Right. So um all right, from the Batman to the Bateman and Jason Bateman. Let's talk about some other movies. Jason Bateman will be directing a movie called The Pinkerton. Interesting. Um this is uh from JJ Abrams, Bad Robot <laughs> and Warner Brothers and uh interesting it's not based uh, on that tv show they had did was it because they had a pinkerton tv show about like a detective agency back in the day i mean well i think so i think you're right so it's the, the pinkerton detective agency it's basically described as a supernatural western revenge movie well there's a lot of a lot of yeah. genres tied into that <laughs> supernatural western and a revenge movie all together um so like steampunk yeah, it might have a steampunk flavor to it. Yeah, I think so. So and a giant robot spider. So this detective agency was established in 1850. So that's that's kind of like the steampunk, right? By a well, Scottish he just, uh, attack, If yeah. you know the original history, he actually uh, protected Lincoln. I mean, he was before the Secret Service. So like his agency actually protected Lincoln back that's in the exactly day. That's exactly right. Uh, Pinkerton claimed to have foiled <laughs> uh, the 1861 plot to assassinate Abraham Lincoln, um, who then hired a group of uh, the group as spies yeah. and his personal security force during the civil war. So yeah, very good, man. You knew that. Wow. I'm impressed, man. <laughs> uh, let's see what else do we have an upcoming horror film from Blumhouse with Mary Stewart Masterson called five nights at Freddy's. And when you think Freddy and horror, you think nightmare on Elm Street, but no, 
Well, I know what it's about. You know, you know, wow, you know, I mean, shit, you should be. (laughs) But but then again, it's kind of like, I mean, they made this movie before with a, what's his name? Did you ever see that one? uh, It had um, Nick Cage in it. I have not seen that film, no. Okay, well, basically, do you want me to explain it or do you want to explain Sure, I mean, I don't know if it's the same as this one, but. Okay, Five Nights at Freddy's is based off like an online game where it's like, more or less, Chuck E. Cheese, they become alive and evil and start to try to kill you. Okay, this is kind of the same vein. It's basically like robot, like bears and like animals. It's called Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, and yes, this troubled security guard. And you know, first night on the job, he realized that his shift won't be easy to make it through. Um, so maybe that's where the similarities kind of end on that one. I don't know, but uh, yeah, because they had a Nicolas Cage movie where it was the same thing. He was like in a place like a Chuck E. Cheese's and all the robot animatronics that came alive and tried to kill him and. Okay. So is this a film that you would expect could be okay to have a reboot? Um, Nicholas Cage didn't say a single word in the last one. So, I mean, yeah, I guess it, it <laughs> probably right. could be better. I mean, okay. And I think it was a low budget film. So I think a higher budget would, would be a good film. Okay. I dig that. Um, let's see. So they're doing an interesting film um, called Here. And that's Tom Hanks and Robin Wright. Reuniting from Forrest Gump, but they're not playing their characters from Forrest Gump. Basically, they have to play themselves and younger ver- versions of themselves instead of hiring like younger actors. Yeah. Robert Zemeckis, uh, the director, wanted to use the AI, you know, technology. The, they're calling it the hyper-realistic technology yeah. um, and de-aging, so that way they can tell the story that spans generations. Um, and yeah, so it's starring uh, Paul Bettany, Vision himself, and Kelly Riley from Yellowstone. That's cool. And will be distributed by Sony Pictures, and of course also Tom Hanks and Robin Wright. So uh, interesting. Um, kind of interesting to see what they go with that one. Um, usually they save the CG for like the big blockbuster movies when it comes yeah. to, like the de-aging, but they're, they're doing it. And I, I guess now for a, a drama, although no, actually they did it for the Irishman. I remember with uh, Pacino and De Niro, which yep. some people call that CG, yeah, not the best, you know, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, it was passable, but I mean, it looked good in the Will Smith's movie that, that one that yep. bombed where he was like five different versions of himself, like it yes, significantly right. younger. That one, yeah, that was a lot better. I, I would certainly agree with that. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, didn't work in She-Hulk. Uh, She-Hulk, well, that wasn't de-aging, but you know. Right, it, I know, the CGI just didn't work right. I mean, it just didn't Yeah, work. it was okay, yeah. There were some wonky parts. I think it had to mostly do with the fact that you're doing with a television budget versus a feature film budget. Yep. So, um, I love She-Hulk, though. You know, I know you said that you thought it was woke, but I didn't. You know, I didn't think. I didn't think. I didn't get. How do you not think that's woke? That is like the wokeish. <laughs> it's not as woke as Vilma, but it's up there. Vilma <laughs> is aggressive, man. It's an aggressive show. Vil- Velma? Oh. It's it's like it's not it's not a question of politics. Like it's like hateful. It's like an angry show. It's an angry, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, an angry yeah. show. Angry. I need to watch <laughs> it. I really want to, you know have a personal opinion about it has any so you've actually watched a few episodes martin of elma yeah but like it like it beat me down like i couldn't get to like <laughs> i mean i watched two and it wasn't terribly like entertaining torture. either yeah and like halfway through the third i'm just like i'm not you know i'm it wasn't it wasn't worth my time it, it it's like it's like if you took like 
some 16-year-old girl right after she got, like, lied to or publicly embarrassed or cheated on by, like, some white dude. And you had her, like, write down exactly what she'd want to have happen to this guy in a story. Like, that sort of film. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's weird. And it's crazy. It's, you figured an animated series for, the, for adults, it would lend itself to being good. But no, not in this case. It's just plain awful. Yeah. From basically what all the people are well, saying. Well, see, I don't know even know who it's for because I mean, think about it. You took iconic characters, and why didn't you just make new characters if you're going to do that? Yeah, I know, I know. A lot of people want to see their. Considering you got five decades of Scooby Doo fans from right. Scooby Doo Are You to yep. what you Scooby Doo, mm-hmm. and there yep. were great iterations, and then comes Velma. I think I got to a one half episode, so I was like, "Yeah, I'm going back to the original Scooby Doo." <laughs> yeah, you're right. How <laughs> no, I think the movie version of Scooby Doo, the live version, is my best. <laughs> I mean, you know, again, Scooby's not in the right. Uh, no Scooby. Three I, of the major characters are are ethnically twisted. Wait, wait, Scooby might be in it because there is a black woman woman called Scoop. Okay. So I don't know if that's the who they're going to name the dog after or if that. If she somehow become, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm just so confused. This, this it is make no a little sense. confusing, right? It is a little confusing. All right. Yeah, it, it has. It suffers the same problem as Rings of Power, and that there's no likable characters. Yeah. Like it's not even like good guys, but like they're all just. You wouldn't want to hang out Bland. with any of them. Yeah. 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 So, uh, just a couple more TV. Uh, sorry, a couple more movie things before we move, move on to television. Um, Will Smith is back, guys. <laughs> uh, after the slap, uh, seeing across the globe. Uh, you know what, he would be good. On, did you see that show they have now where you slap somebody as hard as you can? Will Smith would be awesome on that show. Am I right? <laughs> of course, he'll be right. Uh, but yeah, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence revealed that they're reteaming for the fourth Bad Boys movie. Um, oh, wow. So it'll be Bad Boys oh, for Life. Um, uh, and uh, director Adil L. Arby and Bilal Falah um, are returning to Helm. Um, these are the same directors, I believe, that did this, the Batgirl movie that got scrapped. But, um, well, but that's encouraging. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. It's called Bad Boys for Life was the third movies, but um, it's now Bad Boys 4. So it's the fourth film, but... I guess it works in a little bit of a different way. <laughs> but the, uh, those two directors actually directed the Bad Boys for Life. They directed the last one. Right, right. And, uh, interestingly enough, Will went on Instagram and yeah, he's like he was stoked to do it. And That's do you think uh, do you think people have forgiven Will now? There is he ready to make a comeback? I, I think so. I mean, his last movie was pretty good. I mean, I don't know if you saw Emancipation. That yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it. I think he's. Uh, I think I think his career will be okay. I mean, it's not like Michael Richards' career many years ago. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's a good point. Absolutely. Yeah, he, like, and and you know what? He could uh, he could like make up to Chris Rock and be like, "Hey, you could be the bad guy in my film." They <laughs> could they could have a, a mea culpa <laughs> moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that could work. I, I I would be all for it. All right. So there was a, some controversy. We talked about the Oscars last week about. Andrew Riseborough winning, um, sorry, not winning, um, being nominated for uh, her film called To Leslie. And it was a very little seen film. And apparently um, they were thinking about taking away a nomination because she was doing like 
social media outreach campaigning tactics that cause concern, um, which I guess is a no-no um, because apparently no one's heard of this film. So she did whatever she could to get word about the film. But apparently the Academy determined that um, that uh, it's not but going I mean, to cause her recent. Yeah, but if recent, you're trying to promote your film, isn't that the point of what that's they want actors to do? Doesn't everybody promote their shit? Yeah, <laughs> I'm really confused at the rule. Yeah, so that that rule is really really odd. Um, no spamming, haha. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so basically, they have to clarify the campaign rules and said they would do it after this year's Oscars. So they might be let this one slide. You know, it was like a little indie film that could, but maybe for the next one yeah. they'll be. A little bit, yeah. Um, and one more movie thing, um, I guess movie or, or TV really is uh, Rupert Grint said in a new interview with GQ magazine that the Harry Potter reboot is inevitable. They kind of just already announced that, but he would he would like to see it as a series and not a movie. Um, I think I agree because you could do so much with characters and have like yeah. maybe like one episode with one character, one episode with another character, and then just kind of bring them together near the end. Mm-hmm. I think you could get get a deeper story out of that than just doing like. I 100% agree. I think the movies are just they're excellent films and they mm-hmm. should remain the kind of the cornerstone of that franchise. Mm-hmm. But you figure if you want to see Armani and his kids, so it's like I mean that's probably gonna be something in it and. Yeah, I mean, he, so he says he was he was proud to co-led that Harry Potter, Harry Potter film franchise, um, and he he thought about passing the baton, letting someone else play Ron, but he's also very protective over him. Yeah. You know, he relates to him so much. And um, yeah, was Radcliffe going to come back? Because I know he's just like just doing small independent things now. He doesn't really like the big stuff. So Radcliffe. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's. He, he's kind of like he he just does what he feels like doing. I think because at this point in time, I think just because he has the Harry Potter money, so he doesn't care. Well, I mean, did did he not do um the Weird Al Yankovic film? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he that. did that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that that was a, again that's a low budget film that he just chose to do because he liked doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, don't okay. forget, it's also on Miracle Workers on uh, TBS. Yeah, they just want to. There you go. Yeah, so, he is great on Miracle Workers. Yeah, but as far as like that that movie. The, the blockbuster movies yeah he's he's kind of yeah. taking a step back from those for now speaking of blockbusters let's move on to television because of course harry potter falls on our hbo because it's a warner brothers property let's talk about <laughs> hbo max the last of us renewed for season two no surprise there because so the good. the ratings oh my gosh 22 million viewers for the first episode the third episode was just dropped. Um, broke the internet. Yeah, yeah, broke the internet. People are talking about 6.4 million viewers on Sunday night, but that doesn't include the um, the HBO Max viewership or the on-demand viewership. I've only watched um, one episode so far. Um, people are talking about this third episode. Like, mm-hmm. so many people it's are talking about this good. third episode. Does something crazy happen in episode three? <laughs> nah, I don't want to release it. Okay, so you guys have watched it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil it if I if okay. I guess what's going on, but okay. So I, I, I think people do, are talking about it. Though. I, I, like, I oh. can do this without spoiling it though. So you know how we're always bitching about minority representation in Hollywood, and that instead of like telling stories about real people that are dynamic who just happen to be gay yeah. or just happen to have other aspects, they're like they create flat characters who like, hi, I'm the lesbian, and that's all there is to my person, or like. Hi, 
I'm the young Latino gang member and I've come from this rough neighborhood. And that's so yeah. episode three tells a very interesting gay love story, but they do it exactly how we've been asking Does that you don't even figure out they're gay till later. So it's this in-depth, excellent look at real people with real issues who are in that apocalyptic world. And that matters so much more than who you think is cute. And then they just yeah. happen to be this couple and it's so brilliantly done and oh, wow. it, it kind of, it kind of proves the point. Like I got on my high horse on this before you can tell. And my whole point is if you want to forward the cause, you can't have people be a caricature of the group that you want them to represent, right? They have to be real humans that are relatable. Right. This did that. And I promise this episode did more to open the mind of somebody who's not into it than 15 major Hollywood best friend, gay buddies who wants to go gay shopping with you. Cause he's a gay guy. Like this was more beneficial than that. Wow, but yeah. there's a, a there's also a WTF moment as well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So that's what I'm gonna. <laughs> that's good to know. That's not kind of non-spoilery, but again, very very cool concept. It's a fungus, guys, that infects everyone, and th- these people are still living, or these animals, or whatever the you know the host is of 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 the of this crazy fungus that <laughs> that is actually based on a real fungus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, apparently I there's that. one that affects the insects, and the insects become like that. And they yeah. Take that. So it's kind of it's cool. It's kind of based on real real biology and and, and science, you know. Yeah, it's gonna suck if that was the premise of Walking Dead, and they find out, oh shoot, now we have to change the premise of Walking Dead. <laughs> right. I know, right? But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to catching up on this show. Um, what else? Um, Nicole Kidman has an HBO series called the perfect nanny so it's based on a novel um and maya erskine uh created this and wrote the series and will star opposite nicole kidman oh wow so maya erskine not only wrote it will also star in it you know what since it's called the perfect nanny shouldn't mm-hmm. there like stag president be in that too friend yes <laughs> put her in that <laughs> It's kind of so the premise is um, inspired by a real life murder of Lucia and Leo Krim by their nanny in 2012. Ooh, that's pretty dark. Um, so the perfect nanny uh, goes for work for a couple of two young children, but apparently her personality eventually deteriorates into something sinister. Um, yeah, that's pretty dark, man. <laughs> yeah. Pretty dark. All right, moving on to Disney Plus. Only one thing is that they've announced the episode breakdown schedule of Mandalorian season three. Uh, the season premiere drops on March 1st, guys. <laughs> yes. The season premiere of Mandalorian season three. Um, and every week after a new episode drops, the final episode, uh, which is episode eight, uh, also called chapter 24, because it is part of the entire series uh, that drops on April 19th. So it's going to be released on Wednesday mornings at midnight Pacific time, 3 a.m. Eastern time. So that means Pedro Pascal is going to be all over TV, isn't he? Dude, Pedro Pascal, that's a good, yeah. The Last of Us, The Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal. He's been there for a decade. He was in Game of Thrones. He was in fucking Narcos. This this dude has hit nothing but Grand Slams for a decade running. Yes. Yes. We, uh, We see you, Pedro. Pedro's a man. That's awesome, you know. And he doesn't need to show his face in the the Mandalorian. He's still doing a kick-ass job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Um, I can't wait. We talked Which about the tra- trailer. Which is hilarious, right? They went and got this guy who was ruggedly handsome, and they never show his face right, in the right. series. <laughs> right, I know, right? <laughs> kind of crazy. Kind of crazy, you know? Yeah. But, you know, The Last of Us, you got all of them there, so. Um, all right, moving on to Netflix. Not too much on Netflix, but uh, they just dropped the trailer for Murder Mystery 2. I got to admit, this movie looks pretty awesome. I never got into the first Murder Mystery movie with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston, but the sequel film apparently, based on the trailer, looks pretty crazy. It's a murder mystery, as you know, and the Majaraja has been kidnapped. And basically, he's got a bunch of sub- suspects that they have to figure out who committed the murder. So, um, so, so wait, it stars Adam Sandler? Is the mm-hmm. murderer uh, Rob Schneider by chance? It, see, it seems like he always has the same guys in every movie. Yeah, that's his boy. So it wouldn't surprise I me if he has a cameo. I would do it. Like if I rolled up a mountain of cash <laughs> and I could just crank out like B, B minus successful films left and right, like I'd keep casting my buddies in it. That'd yeah. be the shit. Like yeah. we all get paid. We all get to hang out with the friends you like on set. Yes. Every movie still clears like 80, 90 million profits. Yeah, so right. Producers don't give a fuck. Sign yeah. me up. I'll That's do it J- all day. That's what JJ Abrams did with his boy um from that um TV show Heroes. Uh what's his name? Um I know you know his name, Dean. Oh, Zachary Levi. Uh, it's no. it's a uh, Greg 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 Grunberg, isn't that the guy? Yeah, I think that's Greg yeah. That's yes. the name. Yeah, he was in one. I mean, he, he's a good, very good friend of uh, mm-hmm. of of uh, J.J. Abrams, and he's put him in all the Star Wars or movies. Or like Johnny Depp and uh, or he's in the Star Trek films as well. Oh, he's also in Star yeah. Trek. Yeah, because he yeah. was the voice oh, that's of right. his dad in the first film, and he played the station commander um, of security in the third film. I think he was in the second film as well. Okay. Interesting. All right. So there you go. I mean, there so you like go. So like Bruce Campbell and like Raymond, Sam Raymond, Raymond and uh, there you go. Love it. Johnny uh, Depp and anything that uh, what's his Tim name? Burton, does, uh, Tim, Tim Burton. Burton and Johnny Tim Burton. Depp, yeah. Kevin yeah, Smith because, and like, Ben Tim Affleck. Tim wants I mean, to be Johnny Depp. That's a little bit different. That's not like a best <laughs> friend thing. That's like an idol worship thing. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> He's like, this um, is how I view myself. <laughs> Over on Netflix, there's, a, um, I guess, a very popular anime that's going to get a live at, live action adaptation. It's called One Piece. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that. but Oh, my God. You are familiar with One Piece? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't have, like, it has some crazy amount of episodes, too. So how are you going to do? Yeah. This is, like, the longest running series in the history of the world. There's something like 24 seasons in running. Jeez, how are you going to adapt that, right? For live action based on the on the manga series, um, but yeah, uh, centers on One Piece. Um, Luffy, a young man who embarks on a journey to become king of the pirates, and to find the celebrated One Piece treasure. Okay. Yeah, and, but I mean, look, look at what they did so far with Dragon Ball Z. They kind of ruined that. Oh yeah, yeah. power creep. And bad, um, so. there was another one, Cowboy Bebop, that got canceled after. Yeah, this. it was kind of bad too. Yeah. So uh, they're, they're, I guess they're taking a risk here on Netflix to see if uh, this One Piece will be successful, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. One Piece, I know. It drops. Uh, it's going to be dropping later in 2023. And it's it's a weird show too. Like they've yeah, been plenty is. of like animes that like are more geared towards American audiences. Like the new Voltron is legit. Like oh, I yeah, grown be, ass that would be a great live action series. Right. It was so solid. So like they, they did good that one. But like this series is really like campy, like nineteen eighty four sort of anime. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Curious how that know. would translate, right? Mm. But I'll tell you what, I saw that new Super Mario Brothers trailer. I think of, uh, that was one thing uh, I f- forgot to mention. And I'm so <laughs> – it's really bring back brought back a lot of the memories of the game because it was like him and uh, – Donkey Kong, Mario and Donkey Kong in battle, and um, Mario obtains. You know, they could have done it years ago, though, when Captain Lou was alive, because he was a great Mario, was he not? (laughs) (laughs) To voice the character for this animated movie. I mean, to play like they could have done a live action one with him, because he just. Not only that, he voiced the character during the Super Mario show back in the day. Yeah. Did he voice it too? I didn't realize he voiced it too. And he, yeah. he sang that song before. <laughs> Swing your arms from side to side. <laughs> <laughs> we all know, but we're all That's crazy. Oh, wow. So uh, let's see. Over on Amazon. Uh, <laughs> so this is interesting. Most body swap comedies is like a guy and a girl, an old person, a young person, a baby, and a, and an adult. They're basically doing the same type of person. Cougars, Julia Roberts and Jennifer Aniston doing a, a, a body swap comedy. That makes no sense. That's the, basically the same person. <laughs> I don't know how they can make it so intriguing to. To have Let's the make it the same of, people of two women roughly the same age. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I certainly love Julia Roberts and Jen Aniston. Let's not get it twisted, but that's gonna be. Well, I think Amazon blew their money on the Lord of Rings show, and I think they're just like throwing anything in, at the wall right now. <laughs> right, right. So further plot details aren't revealed yet, but you know what they're throwing their money at, Big Paul? Tomb Raider. So apparently, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Oh come on! I don't want she's her not, to Tomb Raider. No, she's not gonna. She's not gonna be playing Lara Croft. So don't relax. Because <laughs> I know you. I mean, the like last. Her. I mean, I'm I like the last her. woman who played that Tomb Raider. She was pretty good. Julie uh, was I good. Love, yeah, I mean, it's like Alicia Vikander. Yeah. Yes, Alicia Vikander spoken. Mm-hmm. Phoebe Waller-Bridge yep. does not have the sex appeal to, to play Lara Croft. Let's get that straight. I, I agree. Well, well, you heard what they were gonna do originally with indiana jones right that's the thing they wanted to make her they were going to kill indiana jones in the past and have her take all indiana jones adventures but to be extra woke she would hand the treasures back to the native people so they wouldn't go to the museums it's like really do you need to do that to indiana jones (laughs) all right so they they were they're refilming all that from what i understand you can relax about tomb raider paul because she will be writing as you know she's an accomplished writer she wrote her fleabag series which is a big hit and yeah, that's um, a good series. it was a great series. So she, she will not portray the archaeologist adventure, Lara Croft. She is set to write the series. Um, so she's, she's in a great position in Hollywood. She's an actress that's very well, well known yeah. and she's an accomplished writer. In fact, they want to make the Tomb Raider such a big franchise on Amazon. They want to do another big video game to be on all the major platforms. And they also want to expand to an eventual video, um, eventual feature film. Um, yeah, but as I said, Amazon is not. I don't know. They they just don't have it. I mean, they tried to do do that with the Lord of Rings. With Lord of the Rings, I know both of you mm-hmm. agree that that was a very underwhelming. Uh, and look how much money series. they spent. They spent like almost as much money as Avatar in that stupid show. That sucked. Yeah. It's bad. They do have a second season to redeem themselves. So. We'll see what happens, right? Everybody who was in the first season died. It's yeah. all new people. Yeah, no, the show the showrunners said like in one article they said that they had heard the criticism and they were gonna revamp things. 
in another article they said season two was already written entirely so there was nothing they could do and then the best yeah exactly then the 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 best piece of hope we had was that a hollywood insider said that amazon was going to quietly retool the entire show so we'll see yeah the argument was that like to save face they'd stay on as maybe staff writers but they're they're like they're going to be in name only okay if that's true, we have a chance. But if those dudes are still in control, no, it's gonna uh, be just a train wreck. Oh man. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess after all that feedback you guys gave, I, I didn't. I didn't even give it a chance past the pilot. So that was the best. The, the pilot was the best episode. Right. Easily. Like I never, <laughs> like for real. Like I. I mm-hmm. liked the beginning of Lord of the I Rings. I kept trying and hoping something would happen. It just kind of just never did. Right. Like, you're rooting for it. Like, I'm such a big Lord of I wrote my college entrance essay to Notre Dame on Lord of the Rings. That's how much I like it. Yep. And I was rooting wow. for this so hard. And it was pretty. It just was It's terribly written. It wasn't it's Lord of the Rings. It was a glad real show. That's basically what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and a weird version of her that's, like, angry all yep. the time and, and bitchy yep. to everyone. Ugh. It has more power than anybody else in the entire universe. Yeah. Wow. They, ha- they they made her have a crush on Sauron. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Like they almost had her and Sauron <laughs> hook up dating wise. Freaking nuts. <laughs> Dean, have you seen the uh, the Power of the Rings? Mm-hmm. Would you agree with these sentiments or? Unfortunately, I have to agree. Okay. <laughs> Look, my favorite your head. And better be better. Yeah. yeah, my favorite character in the whole thing was Sauron. The only character that was like relatable or likable was the most evil being on the planet. Right. That's, that's the only dude that didn't bother me. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that is an interesting take. All right, moving on, guys, to Hulu. Um, King of the Hill getting a reboot treatment. Wow. So uh, Mike Judge and Greg Daniels set to return and executive produce. I was really never into King of the Hill. I mean, it was popular. It's, it had moments, but it kind of like was it one trick pony more or less. One trick pony, okay. Thirteen seasons on Fox. I mean, it certainly got the viewers to get that many seasons. Now, do you know what but, Mike uh, Judge needs to do? Idiocracy too. Really? I don't know if you saw. I don't know if you saw the first movie or not. No, I did. No. Yeah, yeah check no, that oh, movie out. I mean. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially like the first twenty minutes is terrifyingly prophetic now. Like we are getting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like now, nowadays life. Right. Well, it's getting. Um. Yeah. I mean, of course, we saw Beavis and Butthead return. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I guess they can hopefully find the same success for King of the Hill and see what happens there. That's gonna be on Hulu. Um. But stuff is getting canceled on Hulu, including the show reboot with Johnny Knoxville. That that will not be picked up for a second season. Um, apparently Johnny Knoxville was pretty bummed about that. He he said, pretty unbelievable. He said, it's with a heavy heart that I say, despite getting great reviews and being nominated for Kirk's Choice Award, Hulu has failed to pick up Reboot even for a second season. So I'm, I'm sure he's pretty bummed about that. That depends oh. on the views. That's, that's, I mean, yeah, you know, that's the best it. in the world. They, just, watching it, they like... just didn't have the views, man, you know? Um, also, um, there was another show that got canceled too. Um, ah, fuck. Uh, um, also on Showtime and Paramount, um, they just canceled three projects because now 
Showtime and Paramount are merging. So all the Showtime content will be on Paramount now because Showtime's not really having a okay. they don't really have their own streaming service. They have the cable network, not the streaming service. Oh, so that as might res- finally get me to pay Paramount Plus because I wasn't go. gonna do it so, no matter what. But if yeah, I can get so Showtime for now you five can get bucks, Showtime, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I can see it. So with that merger, um, there will not be proceeding with three series. One is called Three Women with Shailene Woodley and Be- uh, Betty Gilpin. Apparently, it's been still being shot by producers, but uh, that's not going forward, sadly. Also, the series called Let the Right One In and American Gigolo with John Bernthal. Both those shows will not be. Um, oh, do you know what? That's good, though, because that means he can come back as a Punisher. Though. He can come back as a Punisher. There you go. But those two series will not be moving with a season two. Um, those two projects, uh, I guess, had pretty low uh, viewership. In fact, you know, Showtime was like, I think that's the least subscribed, um, you know, cable. Hey, dude, the funny thing is, it used to be a good network. I mean, it was up there with HBO and it just kind of just started dwindling. It started dwindling and they didn't have an equivalent streaming service. Yeah, they until, didn't get streaming. Until now that Paramount is now going to bring all the Showtime stuff in. Yep. So now I know that Amazon offered it as well, but it was kind of like an extra plan. It wasn't really the same when you just put right. Paramount, you get all that uh, Showtime content. You know what? I, I have to say Paramount is just killing it right now. I mean, they're just like, I mean, Yellowstone, all the, yep. Yellowstone and all the Yellowstone King. shows. And yep. show I was on, I mean, Mayor of Kingstown is good. I mean, it's a, yep. there's a ton of good stuff on there. You got two big hits too with um, Wolfpack with Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah. And Teen Wolf, the movie, apparently uh, had um, very, very high ratings. Um, in fact, Teen Wolf, the movie, was Paramount Plus's most success, successful oh, really? social premiere at 4.97 million interactions, as they call it, social premiere. With the See, I number... still like the Michael J. Fox one, though. I mean, it's a... <laughs> Right. Jason Bateman was in the sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen I mean, you know. Have you seen Teen Wolf on MTV? I haven't seen no. Um, I saw the Michael J. Fox movie in the old, uh, what was it? Uh, I think it was MTV, wasn't it? Or VH1? MTV or? was the, the series, yeah, that yeah. was uh, on a few years ago. It, it debuted in 2011, and then they just brought back the original cast for a movie. So, um, um, let's see. Um, wow, moving fairly quickly here. This is pretty uh, a good time, by the way. Um, let's see over on network TV. Who watches network TV anymore? <laughs> uh, I guess for sports and reality TV and news, but or if you want to watch any episode of Law and Order, CSI, or NCIS, SBU, right? That's where you go for <laughs> network TV. Um, they have a new Fox comedy series called Animal Control, uh, with Joel McHale, um, Ravi Patel, um, and just announced added to the cast Maria Gabriela DeFaria. Uh, we'll follow a group of local animal control workers whose lives are complicated by the fact that animals are simple, but humans are not. That's pretty much true, right? Yeah. Yes. Now, now, so this far. is weird. <laughs> That's I, is this going on in them. your area? Just need to, they just need a place to sleep. Well, I, I do have a question. Who, did you hear about what happens in this area? I heard Harrisburg, Pennsylvania actually has litter boxes in their school bathrooms. Really? So would animal control have to clean the school bathrooms and take care of those people? That's a very good point. I I would say so, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I just thought it was the strangest thing when I heard that. I was like, yeah, that's that is really absolutely, bizarre. absolutely valid. Absolutely valid. Um, let's see Saturday Night Live. Uh, they had uh, the one and only Michael B. Jordan hosting the episode. Little Baby is the musical guest. Um, and the cold open introduced Mikey Day's eternal general Merrick Garland. And uh, basically searching for classified documents. He's coming for everyone, Democrat, Republican, or wh- whatever Trump is now. <laughs> you don't want to be in the crosshairs. Attorney General Merrick Garland. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's kind of thing about SNL. You know, they kind of will, uh, you know, a lot of uh, skits based on current events. But uh, yeah. It doesn't have a, a good rewatch value, you know, if you notice that. It just no, because you know, it's just kind of like a one and done. Run and done. I don't right. like that. See, the thing is, they need original characters. They don't have any original characters. To write. The writers just suck now. I mean, because yeah. think about it. Back in the day, you had, like, crazy characters that everybody liked. You had the Martin Short, like, uh, host guy. I forget his name. Um, You mm-hmm. had, like, the samurai whatever. Like, he used to, like, the samurai. Like, I mean, those were all, like, I kind of, you had Goat Boy. You had, like... I mean, there's so many iconic characters, but now who's the most iconic character? Pete Davidson. It's like, that's Pete Davidson he's, playing Pete Davidson. He's not, no nobody... longer in the, and he's no longer in the cast. I know, yeah. but I'm just saying that's that's basically what they have as an iconic character. It's like, I don't think of any, I can't think of anybody. Yeah, I, that's the thing. And I think a lot of the, the, the way comedy is being portrayed nowadays is that you have to be very careful not to offend. And that See, that, of, that's the thing, though. Saturday you know. Night Live was not ready for primetime players and they were supposed to offend but now it's like they neutered it mm-hmm. am i right yeah like back I mean, in the day it was like, edgy it was the show back in the day it was all edgy and like pushing grand boundaries but now it's like yeah. that's all pc and i don't know it's just to not as good anymore yeah to a degree yes yeah and, it's, and when you watch the weekend update yeah they they you truly know where they lie on the political scale yep. based on what they're talking well, the about the problem is like those guys are writers too it's like really you just need to get rid of those guys get somebody in who can actually do a 50 50 thing and just put good comedy out people and the fans will come back but right now i think their ratings are probably in the toilet you can have dave Chappelle on every single day. that's what they have that's why they yeah. insist on having dave Chappelle on if you notice at least once once per season to yeah. get that yeah. but then again then have the staff say they weren't on the show because Dave Chappelle was there. Yeah, but NBC the the, the heads yeah, right like, here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck them. Yeah, man. half the writers are gonna not, not show up because yeah, I know they didn't want to show up. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, Chappelle is like the last bastion for freedom of speech yeah. in America. Like he's toe in the line. I know. I agree. I agree. Um, uh, same people from last week are still in the Me Too news. <laughs> Interestingly enough. So Marilyn Manson facing another lawsuit for sex crimes, this time from a woman who uh, says she was groomed and sexually assaulted when she was underage in the 90s. So, you know, they need to make a movie on him. Like, I mean, you could have the kid that played yeah. the Paul in the Wonder Years play him because, I mean, that's who they think he is anyway. <laughs> that was a big rumor. Yeah. That's so funny that he's Paul from the Wonder Years. <laughs> that's what a lot of people said. Yeah. I never heard that. <laughs> Oh, you never heard that? They have a similar no. nose. Yeah, he's have, got the he's got the slope of the nose. The slope of the, the nose. Yeah, build. that's that's exactly why they thought he was him. But uh, oh, it's so funny. apparently, this Jane Doe plaintiff said she was 16, and apparently Manson was using a celebrity to groom, manipulate, and exploit. And um, yeah, it's pretty pretty disturbing. Um, uh, what what happened? Um, but do yes. you know what? What if you put him in as a cellmate to R. Kelly? 
Make Dude. that a reality show. Just have him in jail to get R. Kelly like, and Marilyn Manson. Show on. That's crazy, dude. <laughs> Marilyn Manson and R. Kelly in jail. That, that's actually glamorizing. That would be, you know, that would be a hit. Everybody in their brother would watch that's that That's horrible, Paul. That's absolutely, <laughs> that's so bad, dude. That's horrible. Um, but yeah, now pretty, pretty despicable uh, allegations. You're right. Apparently Manson would like give a phone number to his like VIP girls that he wanted to stay in touch with. And the phone number came with a password that was given the girls while on tour to gain special access to the band and the tour bus. And apparently they use drug the band used drugs and alcohol. They um, don't use drugs. This is this is what they <laughs> allege. This is what they that, allege. That Satan worshipping band doesn't <laughs> No. The guy who has who has actual boobs doesn't. Right. So Marilyn apparently became more aggressive, um, yeah. kissing, biting her breasts, oral copulation, and penetration. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um. And then Danny Masters is back in news because Ashton Kutcher, his best friend, um, from that '70s show, and of course Ashton is in the new that '90s show, which of course, as you know, Danny's not in. Yeah. Ashton finally opened up about the situation with Danny Masterson. Um, he wants him to be found innocent of the charges brought against him. But that but doesn't, he doesn't mean he's innocent. Right. But he doesn't want Masterson off the hook for the alleged crimes. Mm-hmm. He said he hopes that the behavior isn't true because Masterson was such a mentor for him throughout his career. Um, yeah. You know, if the allegations against Masterson are true, that's a different story. I'm not the judge, I'm not the jury, yeah. I'm not the DA, I'm not the victim, I'm not the accused. And then so in that case, I don't have a space to comment. I just don't know. I mean, there's just comment. so many charges. What? Mm-hmm. I just think that's such a great comment. I don't know why more people can't say that. Like, I'm, I'm not enough involved. I don't know. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. We, we all got to weigh in whether we think somebody's innocent or guilty. I mean, look at Rick and Morty. I feel bad if he was like actually innocent and that was just, I mean, I, he, he, it sounds like he's guilty, but if he was innocent, it's like they ruined his career. They, they ruined the show. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, Justin Roiland voicing both Rick and Morty. I am very curious. They will get, have to get a very talented voiceover yeah. artist to kind of, you know, they want the same yeah. I'm, you yeah. know, cadence and tone and delivery as, as Justin. So if they have to, Hire a new voice actor, then I hope they get that's right. gonna be tough. That was, I mean, a, that was a big part. Rick Morty, and if you look look at his voice credits on that show, he does like half the characters on the show. Yep. Plus, I think he wrote, didn't he write the show? Yeah, too? So it's yeah, like, co-creator, co-creator. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> um, and let's uh, give our well wishes to Jay Leno, who was in a motorcycle yeah. accident last that week. That poor guy. In multiple broken bones. Um. He, after he was seriously burned in a gas fire in his L.A. garage from that motorcycle accident. Jesus. Um, yeah. Broken collarbone, broken ribs. Um, and he's not the age where he can heal so fast. So, no. I mean, Jeremy Renner, a little younger than Jay Leno, Leno yeah. but. Uh, yeah, but he had a tanker on over him. So, that, like, yeah. that's a whole thing. <laughs> I don't. That's so, even worse. Yeah. Our, our well wishes go out to. Um, the one and only um, Jay Leno, and of course, Jeremy Renner, yes. as he recovers from um, his and everybody injuries. Everybody who met Jay Leno said he's a, like the nicest guy in the world. He, he would give you a shirt off his back. Yeah. Because nah, he does I, a lot of local comedy shows and stuff. So it's like. He, he's great. I chatted him very briefly at the White House Correspondence. Um, he was in attendance for one of the events there. Um, but um, 
yeah, we're going to be uh, taking a class cut break. We have our special guest joining us a little later. And we're going to talk some wrestling um, right here on BTV. Uh, but yes, um, Martin, why don't you introduce the classic cut this week? Since you are the birthday celebrant this week. Yeah, I happy figured, birthday. Yeah, whoa, I like whoa, 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 whoa. You got another one. Oh, yeah. shoot. Dean Rogers' birthday, too. Dean, happy oh, birthday, oh, Dean. Happy birthday Dean. to you, too. Dean, that means you're picking the, the closing cut. Okay, good. Martin was picking the, <laughs> mi- the midway classic cut. Dean will be picking the closing cut. Martin, go ahead and announce your uh, classic cut this week. All right. When you get to be the ripe old age that I am, you appreciate sort of happier, funny stuff in life. So I was going with an odd pick. This is the song Hocus Pocus by the band Focus. I believe it came out in 1973. All right. Some classic rock for you here on BTV. So listen to the cut. We'll be, be we'll be right back on BTB. Uh, we got some uh, sad rest in peace news uh, to announce. Some news from the WWE Royal Rumble and our special guests, who are Carlos Alazraki and his daughter Riley Alazakri. Cool. Um, they're both voice actors, and of course, Carlos best known for his work on Reno 911, and um, he was in the recent Reno 911. It's a wonderful heist Christmas movie. And of course, I know Dean uh, is a big fan of the Farpoint Comic Con. Uh, so the Farpoint Con, rather. Um, <laughs> it's late, guys. And uh, both uh, Carlos and Riley will be uh, two of the celebrity guests in attendance. So we'll be talking to them when we get back from our break. So here is the classic cut, guys. We will be back. Back from Hocus Pocus, dropping, <laughs> dropping the that song starts off metal. You get uh-huh. a guitar solo, you get some yodeling, you get a flute solo. Right. They drop an accordion cool. solo in there. There is there is no no path. They like put solo. everything in that that song. My God, <laughs> that is wild. Is there any particular reason you chose that cut? It's good. It's really good, and it's different. Is this something that you've shredded to in the past? Yeah, I can I can play that whole song. Dude, that's so that's cool. cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Dean will be uh closing with your classic cut selection for the end, which hopefully you'll send me uh very, very shortly. But uh all right, so um wow, that's pretty much all I have for, for entertainment. Of course we have our uh RIPs, but uh, I figure, you know, with a little bit of time we got left, um we could talk about some of the highlights from WWE's Royal Rumble. And a lot of stuff going on in the world of WWE. So, uh, um, man, what a fantastic Royal Rumble! Big well, it was a pretty good Royal Rumble. I mean, I, as I said, I I think they could have added a couple more surprise guests, but I mean, yeah, I I mean, I was happy with what we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, with um, as far as the the men's um, Royal Rumble match, the only real surprise was um, Edge. 
because we hadn't seen yeah. them in a long time. They didn't really bring back any legends from the past. No, I mean, I, see, that was kind of disappointing. I thought maybe Matt Cardona would show up because his wife was in the women's uh, That's Royal a Rumble, good but... point, yeah. We all knew that Brock Lesnar was going to be in it, um, yeah. even though they didn't announce him because, you know, he's got to continue his feud. Yeah. Although one particular uh, surprise entrance was Logan Paul. So I guess that would fall under a surprise, even though he's an active. Was you know, he like a fake injury, though? Because remember, he was supposed to be hurt pretty bad, wasn't he? He was actually number 29. No, no so, I mean, I'm talking about was he like, was that fake injury when he got hurt in WrestleMania? Oh, it, then, when he was injured. Because then they say he had to get surgery or something. I mean, I, I don't know if he just healed fast or if it was just a fake thing where they like. Uh, I don't work. think he was seriously injured, Big Paul. OK, no, I don't think he was. So uh, obviously enough to, to wrestle several matches, including challenging yeah. Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. Uh, but Logan Paul, yeah, I mean, it seems like they're setting up an eventual feud and maybe WrestleMania match with Seth Rollins. You know, so we'll yeah, have to see nice. what happens there. But um, your winner of the Men's Royal Rumble is none other than Cody Rhodes, the son of Dusty Rhodes. Well, he deserved that. The American Nightmare guys, uh, the winner who drew number 30, a lot of people say are very critical that, you know, well, you drew number 30, of course, you know, you're not wrestling as long as someone drew number one, like Gunther. And Gunther yeah. was, you know, the final. He, he was just dominant. He just went right through everybody. He was just, yeah, he was fantastic. He was the, uh, he lasted, the, the endurance of the guy was insane to last from number one in the Rumble all the way to the end. And of course, Cody Rhodes eliminated. Yeah. Gunther and it's official. Um, he will be challenging Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. So, did you hear what he wants to do with the belt too? Which I thought was kind of cool to play, pay homage to the past. He wants to get bring the wing, winged eagle belt back. The winged belt. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, I, I mean, mean, I think it would be nice. I mean, that's because I mean, I don't like that new belt they have with the, the new belts. Like, I mean, you know, they're basically the same belt. One's blue and one's red. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so Cody's like, hey, this I want to bring the past back. So I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. But I was also reading another thing that what they could do is have Cody Rhodes challenge Roman for the WWE title. And then on another night, Roman will defend the Universal Champion against someone else, maybe The Rock, which I yeah. love. And I was thinking that's kind of a great way to have Cody win the WWE title, but keep the Universal title. Yeah, I think that's a good way to do because then because you, you should have two champions whether you people like both of them or not at least you have two because yeah. when you have one it's like it just kind of gets stale and people are fighting for nothing I mean yeah fighting for intercontinental or tag teams or whatever else it's like yeah exactly so um and they they open up with the the Royal Rumble match and it was a very very exciting match um yeah. and then we saw the pitch black match. Uh, sponsored that was by a strange Steel. match though, wasn't it? I mean, it's kind of cool <laughs> with the way Bray Wyatt put that paint on, but I mean, it's just a weird match. <laughs> it was an odd match, and I think anything that Bray Wyatt does is odd. But mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt victorious in that match versus LA Knight. LA Knight, however, um, he's a future star, man. He's great on the mic. He's, he's a great worker. I think he'll do really well. You think he's going to be part of the faction that Bray Wyatt's doing, or do you think that's just kind of just? Uh, I, I mean, it seems sure. like Alexa Bliss is going to be part of that faction because, I mean, that Uncle Howdy thing with her. But yeah, and that's the thing. Do we know who Uncle Howdy is? I mean, it's rumored that it was. His I, brother I think Bo I know Dallas. who it is. I mean, I, I think it's his brother. I mean, I'm his brother pretty, Bo Dallas. Okay, Bo Dallas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Any guesses from the panel who <laughs> Uncle Howdy is? All I'm I know sure. is if his brother might be his uncle, that family has some therapy they're going to have to look through. <laughs> well, the one storyline, I mean, that's very possible, isn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Also, we have uh, Bianca Belair, um, who um, successfully defended her title against Alexa Bliss. And you mentioned, yes, the Alexa Bliss tie in mm-hmm. the storyline there. Um, that match was just okay. Yeah. Then you had the women's Royal uh, Rumble match. Was uh, that was a great match? I mean, talk about going the distance. I mean, you had two people go the distance in that one. That's right. Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley mm-hmm. uh, drew number one and two, lasted all the way to the end. And yes, Rhea Ripley, who was the number one entrant, won the whole damn thing. Um, a few surprise entrants, including uh, Mrs. Undertaker, Undertaker's wife Michelle yeah. McCool, who was actually in the audience with her daughters, and she jumps over the. <laughs> the ring oh, railing cool. and goes in the ring in her street clothes, which uh, Corey Graves is calling. She's wearing her Uggs in the ring. <laughs> pretty funny. Uh, big oh, wait, is... you forgot about that one, too. You forgot about McAfee. Pat McAfee, the return, yes, uh, of Pat McAfee, um, which I definitely missed his commentary. Uh, yeah, his commentary is great. Which was fantastic. I, I guess with the football thing, he couldn't do both. but I mean, Exactly. Kind of and he'll be back, I'm guessing, we'll be back on uh, this Friday on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, any surprise entrance? Well, we had um, a few NXT stars like um, uh, we had Indy Hartwell. We had um, well, you had Chelsea Green come back. I mean, mm-hmm. um, we also saw, um, like you said, Chelsea Green uh, returned uh, after being released from NXT. Yeah. Um, and uh, Zoe Stark, another NXT. Yeah. Uh, Star right there, and do drop no more. No more. She's now back to her regular name of Piper Nevin. She was also in the women's uh, Royal Rumble, and um, and of course drawing number thirty, Nia Jax. Um, I didn't really miss Nia. You know, I didn't think she was great. No. She injured. She injured a lot of people. I mean, I think because she's related to the Rock. I, I think because she was related to the Rock, that's why she got the pass. <laughs> to, but you know, pass. now now I think what's going to happen. I think she is probably going to come back and join Roman Reigns and be like the female of that group. Right. And of course, uh, Rhea Ripley winning announced on Raw that she will be challenging Charlotte Flair um, for the SmackDown women's title, which I'm surprised that, uh, yeah, she's, um, she decided to uh, challenge Charlotte over Bianca Belair because we've already seen um, the Charlotte match at WrestleMania. That was for the NXT championship, but we've seen that match before, but nonetheless, it's going to be a great match. Of course, in the main event, Roman Reigns uh, retains his title against Kevin Owens, and a, a lot of drama. Oh, that, was a, that, was a, that was a lot of drama in that match. A lot of drama at the end of that match, bro. Um, so do you, do you think that's gonna like lead into like as well? Should, here, I'll let you recap the match first. Well, I mean, yeah. So, um, yeah. So uh, we saw that uh, you know, Roman Reigns did defeat Kevin Owens, but after the match ended. They put insult to injury and decided just to beat him down, put him in handcuffs, and um, then became the, the the true test for Sami Zayn, where his loyalties lied, yeah. where uh, they gave him a steel chair and they told him to hit his former friend, Kevin Owens, with the steel chair. And Sami Zayn was very hesitant. Um, he didn't do it. And then, of course, he ends up hitting Roman Reigns with a steel chair yeah. instead which pretty much just ends that alliance there. And interestingly enough, also um, 
Jay Uso was very conflicted and he did not attack. He oh, did he walked out. out. Yeah, he pretty much walked out of the ring. So, there so was I, I wonder if they're going to get back to the thing where like Jay Uso. Remember how he was challenging? I wonder if you're going to have Sami Zayn and Jay Uso challenge Roman yeah. Reigns and. If Jay wants really? to go on that side, I don't know. I mean, they're. I think they're setting up a tag title match between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Usos, which you know I, I would you know like to see, but I don't know. I mean, are, are we? But, gonna, but what, what happens like if the Usos broke up? I mean, would you would they be allowed to throw mm-hmm. uh, Samoa? Uh, what's his name in there? Sokoa. Solo Sokoa instead. Uh, maybe maybe they can do that. Uh, what was that rule? The free bird rule where you can just. Yeah, uh, I mean, like if Kevin Owens, like, like if maybe he had like some time off and they did the, the yeah. injury. For, so like then that would be have to be Sami Zayn and Jay mm-hmm. versus Jimmy and Sokoa. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, um, the next day on Raw, of course, Cody Rhodes made it the uh, official challenging Roman Reigns. And interesting enough, Reigns and uh, the bloodline not on Raw. So I guess they're going to dress everything on SmackDown. You know, it was yeah. just pretty much um, Rhodes just, uh, you know, announcing he's challenging uh, Roman Reigns. And Rhodes actually had a great match in the main event, defeated Finn Balor by pinfall. Um, and they're also setting up the Elimination Chamber, Big Paul. Um, curious on your thoughts on that. We got... Uh, Seth Rollins, we have Johnny It depends Gargano. on how the Elimination Chamber works. Because, I mean, it's like it's either going to be a really good match or the match is going to suck. It's yeah. There's, like, no rhyme or reason to that match. Yeah. So, yeah, just this, the, this, some participants already announced, uh, of course, Austin Theory. Um, and it's going to be for the United States Championship. Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, both world titles are held by Roman Reigns, and he's not going to Elimination Chamber. Yeah, see, that, that's what sucks. I mean, it's like they, they need to get one of those belts off of him. Yeah, so it's going to be for the U.S. title. Austin Theory, Seth Rollins qualified, defeated um, Chad Gable. Johnny Gargano upset uh, Baron Corbin. He's in it. Um, Bronson Reed destroyed um, Dolph Ziggler. And then, for whatever reason, they have um, Angela Dawkins and Montez Ford. Um, They're going to face Elias and Damon, Damon Priest, respectively. And I'm just curious, why would they put a tag team in an elimination chamber match? I'm not sure why. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. um, But that's just speaking a little too soon because they have to win their matches against Elias. I mean, I personally would like to see Elias and um, Damian Priest in there, obviously. Well, I don't know. I mean, Elias could shave his beard and become his brother again. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's the next big pay-per-view is the elimination chamber. That's going to be before WrestleMania. We're also going to see a women's match. Elimination Chamber match, Liv Morgan, Asuka. Oh, well, that's something you didn't mention, too, the Asuka heel turn. Because Asuka's like now the evil Asuka. Evil Asuka, yes. Liv Morgan, evil Asuka. I, I don't know, did, did she have a WWE run as evil Asuka? I know she did in NXT, but I don't know if she ever She's had She's been a mostly w- a face, you're right. Um, She hasn't had that bad, uh, not much of a heel turn, yeah. But she's joining Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, and Raquel Rodriguez as they were the final four in the Women's World Rumble. I guess they automatically go into the Elimination okay. Chamber match. And then they have a fatal four-way next week with Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, Piper Nevin, and Carmella to be the fifth um, entrant in the see, match. With, see, with Mia Yim back, does that mean her husband's coming back too? Or is he kind of like, because wasn't he in Limbo? 
Now you're referring to um, Keith Lee, right? Keith Lee yeah. under contract with AEW. So. Oh, still okay, because I know he yeah. wanted out. Right? Is he not one of those sure. guys that he wants out, and they're just like, "Nah, we're not going to let you go." Yeah, I'm not sure where they're going with that one, you know. But um, but you know what I really like was last week's uh, Raw Triple X, <laughs> Raw Thirty, oh, yeah. which had that was a lot, great. lot of the are uh, your favorite uh, WWF superstars, really WWF because it was before WWE. Well, and some of them, I mean, I was shocked because I mean, like Hogan was canceled, Flair was canceled, and there was a bunch mm-hmm. of. Like, I mean, I didn't know if they would come back or not. And Hogan's unfortunately in bad shape right now, too. I don't know if you want, want to address what that. What about Kurt Angle? He can barely stand. Hogan's the same way. Hogan had back surgery and it fused funny. So they say he's like half paralyzed. Yeah. And Kurt Angle, of course, he can't wrestle anymore. Yeah, he broke well. his neck multiple times. So it's like. But I really enjoyed Kurt Angle and DX segment. What do you think of that? Yeah, he's always great. Wasn't that great? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and DX, of course, was. Uh, uh, interrupted by Imperium, and none of them wanted to fight Gunther and Imperium, and said, oh, "I'm too old. I'm retired." Blah blah blah. And <laughs> Kurt Angle was like, "Hell no, <laughs> I'm not fighting them." And then, uh, of course, they got like, uh, who they who who? Yeah, the Street Profits and Seth Rollins. Yeah. <laughs> they eventually uh, faced Imperium, but uh, um, and then the poker segment was kind of funny. You had you know Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and IRS yeah. in there, and JBL. Um, so you know, it's kind of cool to see. Actually, all... if the IRS is still under contract, maybe he's Uncle Howdy. <laughs> I doubt he is, man. You know how old those some of those guys are, dude. Yeah, they're gonna put. They, they can't put someone like IRS. I mean, who who is Bray Wyatt's dad? Yeah, as Uncle Howdy. Which which yes, that would make sense. You know, um, age wise, if you want to get somebody mm-hmm. to be Bray Wyatt's uncle, but it's actually his father. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's. <laughs> It's it's interesting which way that they're going with that one. So, um, and the last thing uh, with WWE is uh, that we didn't get to talk about is Vince McMahon um, now back as uh, back. Yeah. yeah CEO of the company. Um, of course. Oh, no kidding. Yes, that's right. Um, so he left. He WWE was canceled too. He was canceled because of the the alleged. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't think it's alleged. I mean, I think he fooled around a little bit, but I yeah. mean. And he, you know, he paid the woman off the, for hush money, basically. And then he was asked to leave uh, WWE, uh, you know, retire to CEO. And apparently um, now he's using his power as WWE's majority shareholder to return at a, as as executive chairman of the board. And now he wants to negotiate new media, media deals and it's possible sale of the company now was rumored. Yeah, that's that what I heard. Yeah, that yeah. it's rumored that he was going to sell to the Saudis, which sell to the Saudis for like which would have been you a horrible, horrible move because that yeah. would change women's wrestling. Yeah, you're right. Well, Sammy's name would have to leave too because doesn't he like a yeah? It would just be bad news if the Saudis took over because you know they have to go. The Saudis have to go by their rules, and if they take over the company, it's yeah. going to be a very, very different company. And we don't want that. We don't want that at all. And, and see, I don't want AEW either because AEW then then it just get it'd be a monopoly again. And it's like you, cons, need, you need competition. Odin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's kind of that's kind of crazy, man. That's just because I mean I think honestly I mean AEW has good product, but I think they ruined Ring of Honor by buying it. I think they just I mean I just think they hurt that that brand by mm-hmm. purchasing it. Yeah. So um, yeah. Again, that's just. Uh, 
craziness right there. Um, and of course, um, now apparently Triple H was assured that McMahon will not be returning in a creative role. So let's just hope that's the case. Well, that's good. Um, but they said, given the previous blind side, nothing can be ruled out. But as you know, Triple H was responsible for bringing back all those you know, people that yeah. were released from the company. And a lot of people were scared. I mean, I think they all thought their jobs were gone. Yeah. Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, Johnny Gargano, Dakota Kai. Yeah. You know, so many people that were released and brought back, you know, and uh, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll but see. It would be we'll stupid to get rid of Bray Wyatt again because, I mean, he's such a great mind about, like, his storylines. Mm-hmm. Although this one's running a little bit long, but. Yeah. It's he needs to do something yeah, too. But, but, and you know what? I always wanted to know because it was re- wasn't really published what Undertaker whispered into Bray Wyatt's ear at the Raw 30th anniversary. Yeah. And I, I, the only thing I could read on find online is that the darkness should continue or something along those lines. Yeah. Well, so see, you know, that, see, I think that's what they should do. I think the Undertaker's last match should be against Bray Wyatt because their styles are so similar yeah. and they both have that dark image to them and. Just yeah. like, I mean, because, I mean, you could do another cinematic match. I mean, it's like, that's perfect for Bray Wyatt and Undertaker. Well, that's perfect for the Undertaker, given his age. But he did have that gimmick match with AJ Styles and went the distance, you know. But I, I think it would be better with Bray Wyatt, though. Don't you agree as his final match? If you were going to do a final, final match? A final match with, with the Undertaker? Yeah, it would have to be a gimmick dark match. Like that. That's yeah. dark gimmick match where Undertaker's not going to have to do a lot of the moves that he did yep. you know, in, in his younger years, you know, which you mm-hmm. can't pull off anymore, you know. He's yep. pretty beat up. And, and I think, uh, Martin, you told me you're a big Undertaker fan, right? Yeah, that's my oh man. Yeah. It's, so, it's just uh, such a great character. It's a great storyline. Yep. And it's like when they truly, like, uncoupled for rea- from reality. Like, wrestling was always over the top with, you know, like, uh, you know, the Sandman and Jake the Snake Roberts. And those, <laughs> like, man, as yes. soon as we said we had this guy right. who came yeah. back from hell with all of his <laughs> power in the end, I yep. was like, okay, now we're really, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, wrapping up everything here. Um, so the Super Bowl is set, guys. Kansas City Chiefs and, and the Philadelphia Eagles will face off in Super Bowl. See, uh, I feel so bad, though, because, I mean, Purdy, I mean, he, like, played hard all season and had that injury. And it's just like, yeah. now he has to get Tommy John. So it's like, he's going to miss all next season. Yeah. This will take place February 12th in Glendale, Arizona. The Chiefs beat the Ravens' uh, big rivals, the Cincinnati Bengals, to win the AFC title. That's a, that was a very exciting game. Yeah, it was. It came down to a, a winning field goal for the Chiefs. Um, and um, the Eagles-San Francisco 49ers game, not as exciting. Pretty one-sided there. Um, I mean, they had no quarterback. I mean, their quarterback was, like, hurt, and the guy they put in got a concussion, so he had to come in with a yeah arm that needed – Tommy so John, they, had, so like, they had a fourth string quarterback, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, he bad. started the game, but I mean, but when he got a concussion, they had to put Purdy back in. Purdy couldn't throw the ball because his arm, his arm was shot. Right. Oh, right, right, exactly. So there you go. They're basically running out of quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. If they had a fifth string, they would have played him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they had, they had none. So. Well, uh, I think the Ravens. Didn't the Ravens like play offensive linemen and stuff at quarterback one game because like their hmm. their backups all got hurt. Yeah. Sometimes that has, yeah, that's what ha- has to happen. And I think our third string quarterback, you know, yeah, played played a few games this season too. So, um, but, but yeah, fifty three point one two million viewers for the Chiefs uh, Bengals game, which was well, that was a good uh, game. Yeah, 
that was crazy crazy ratings for cbs there um i'm sure the uh nfc championship uh, equally is oh yeah nfc was 50.21 um 50.23 million viewers for the nfc championship game on fox so there you go um well we have some sad rips um rest in pieces uh to throw out uh, those that are no longer with us um and of course um are you gonna yeah. mention the one we missed last week or no? yeah we're gonna mention that one as well uh let's start with uh cindy williams so the opening promo um myself and dean you, we got a chance to uh, meet cindy williams at uh nostalgia con no? no no you weren't there okay um oh wait he's here early we have, we have a guest oh okay so we'll, we'll save that for for the end of the show let's go ahead and uh uh, announce uh, as uh, we wait for our special guest Carlos Carlos Alazraki, Cindy Williams, um, known for Laverne and Shirley. Um, she was Shirley in Happy Days and the spinoff Laverne and Shirley. If you didn't know, Laverne and Shirley was a spinoff of Happy Days. Yeah. Um, and how, many, how, how many spinoffs were on that show? Because I mean, you had uh, Mark too, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so sadly, Cindy, Cindy Williams um, is no longer with us. We also lost Lisa Loring, the actress who played Wednesday Adams in the original Adams Family, who died at the age of 64. That leaves only one living member of the original Adams Family TV show, and John Aston, who's actually from Baltimore. Is he? Yep. We also lost Kevin old. O'Neill. Uh, and is he also Patty less uh, living Batman character too? Because I mean, remember he was Riddler, kind of too. Was he? The, uh, okay, I didn't know if he was the Riddler. Yeah, John Aston played the Riddler on, on like one or two episodes. Okay. When uh, all yeah. the guys stepped back for a little while. Yep. Um, Kevin O'Neill. We also lost Annie Wershing, uh, best known for her roles in Twenty Four and Bosch, and also in the video game Last of Us as well. So. Uh, Oh, and not only that, she was the last actress who played the Boar Queen in Star Trek. There you go. Oh, I didn't know that. So uh, rest in peace. And we have one more to announce a little later. But let's go ahead and introduce our special guests here on Below the Belt show. These are going to be two of the celebrity guests that will be at the Far Point Con in Hunt Valley, Maryland. Yes, for all you fans in the DMV area and even the PA area. Hell, even the Jersey and New York area come down for this incredible fan-run convention, yep. the Farpoint Con. We have actors and voice actors extraordinaire, father and daughter team of Carlos Alazraki and Riley Alazraki. Uh, thanks for joining us here on BTV. Thank you, Alan. Hi, Dean. Good to see you again. Good to see you again. Yes, you got some familiar faces here. <laughs> yep. Dean will have some Star Trek questions for sure. So. Yes, yeah, there you go. The <laughs> yeah. subject matter experts here. We're also well, joined we're hoping, by. Uh, we're hoping that the ice storm subsides, right, for travel purposes, and that uh, we'll be able to make it out to uh, Far Point. But I, I think we'll be okay. I think the the weather gods will will be in our favor. But we're looking forward to it. We are certainly looking forward to this con. It's a very, it's a great con because it's uh it's fan run and um where they put the fans first and yeah. um and that's what you should oh, do yes exactly it's in the uh interactions with that the celebrity town has with and meeting their their you know their fans is is um second to none at this particular con and uh uh carlos and riley is this is this your first um farpoint con this is riley's first uh first uh, farpoint con yeah my too yours no, too 
first Farpoint, but uh, Riley's world premiere, right? Cool. <laughs> She's shy, but she, it, <laughs> uh, tell them about uh, New York Comic Con and what the difference would be. Um, in New York Comic Con, we didn't get to talk to anyone. We just um, did did the the panel, right? Mm -hmm. We did that, and then that was it. Like we just went back to the hotel. <laughs> So I think this will be a different experience because I get to interact with people and see how they're liking the show from their perspective. Yes, and uh, we're we're really liking your show, Riley. It's a fun one. It's a good show. Yeah, I know, Dean, you tune in, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know me. I'm a Star Trek fan, and I'm a Star Trek fan now, so I yeah. definitely have tuned in. And um. Riley, one of the things I love about your character is how she has grown from this alien that we met in the very first episode to speaking Trek no Babo. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, since we now have ended the freshman season not too long ago, did you have a favorite moment of Rock Talk that you enjoyed playing, you enjoyed acting? Um, All of the moments, every single episode I record, there's something new that, like, there's something intense in like almost every episode, but I definitely think it was Rock really like shined through in the time of Mock um, when she was separated from everyone else and she was stuck there. And I think that's where she really like shined through and she was, she showed people that she was just more than a security guard. Like she was that episode, like she was the whole episode. And I definitely think that was the most fun moment for me because um i got to record a bunch of lines too mm -hmm. um but i definitely think that's where rock talk kind of had her moment and she kind of became known in that group Ooh, that was a great moment yeah and what i think is awesome i just checked out uh, some clips on youtube of uh star trek prodigy mm -hmm. and sometimes you know some, they get the voice actor and the character kind of look alike yeah you couldn't have imagined a complete opposite person to portray uh, yeah. for you to portray riley when you first found out that you were playing this big big rock-like alien creature or your thoughts so they didn't show me what she'd like look like and be like until i think like two episodes in so i had complete different visions of what she was going to look like and what she was going to act like when i originally auditioned for her because they didn't give us most much information about the character because I don't think they had created her yet. They kind of just like got the vibe of what it was going to be. So um, I went in no not knowing like what she was going to look like or what she was going to act like. I knew kind of what her personality was, but I didn't know exactly everything. So definitely an episode when I went in one day, they just showed me it on the screen and I was like, this is totally different from what I imagined. <laughs> right. As the like episodes went by and every time I recorded, I just kind of fell into it. Like, oh yeah, that's the character I play. Like, I kind of got used to it. Like, I'm wondering if they want to do a live action uh, <laughs> version of the Star Trek Prodigy. Would you be able to put on the suit? I'm like, I'm curious. Yeah, I think that would be a better CGI thing. Oh, I mean, that that would be very uncomfortable to have. Yeah, she like would that. still do the voice, but it'd be more of a CGI interacting with yeah. like, live action aspects. But uh, I mean, Paramount Plus is just they have so much great stuff. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing such a great job. Yeah. It out. It's amazing. Better than anything Disney's doing. <laughs> That's a nice statement. 
Carlos, my God, your IMDb is like a long novel of yeah. all your. I'm getting there. I'm trying to catch Gray Delisle and Tara Strong and Tom Kenny, you know. Yeah, but your voice <laughs> acting credits are are tremendous. And you mentioned those names like the Tara Strong. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, are you are you friends with them? Are you colleagues of them? Have they yeah. given you any advice in the in the voice acting industry? Yeah, you know, Dee Bradley Baker is a really good friend of mine. We hang out and we watch horror movies together with a, a buddy of mine named Matt cool. Craig who ran New Looney Tunes before the latest version of Looney Tunes, and uh, we watched The Babadook together, and we we just love it because we're parents. But we we discuss, you know, how we approach things. And actually, uh, Dee Bradley Baker, Kari Walgren, amazing, Suzanne Blakesley, who's Wanda and mother on uh, Fairly Odd Parents, we formed a group to watch Penny Dreadful together. And we would just discuss mm-hmm. what we do as voice actors. And, and, and Dee Bradley Baker said, you know, when we go into a booth, you set off a nuclear bomb. You give everything and you show them what you can do. And I, I always thought that's just such great advice because sometimes we take it for granted that we've, we've either got the gig or we don't have to try that hard. But he's somebody that just like he really inspired me, along with watching Darren Norris, Tara Strong, Great Lyle, Jeff Bennett, mm-hmm. Kevin Michael Richardson, who I saw today. Uh, oh, he's great. Uh, Rob Paulson, everybody that was part of Fairly Odd Parents. I would sit back and watch them and just enjoy this symphony that was happening before me. So. And Billy and Billy West, who's going to be at Farpoint Con, is somebody that I'm really looking forward to Riley to meet because he's somebody that I looked up to in the in the early '90s, living in San Francisco, and meeting him on a show called The Alex Bennett Show, and he was so sweet, and he still continues to be sweet, and is just kind of an under radar genius, you know. We forget yep. Billy West, you know, and so I learn from people like that, and so they've all been inspirational, everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, do you have a particular favorite project? For both of you that you voiced, what's your favorite? Is it? It's got to be probably Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. And your first one was Doc McStuffins. That was pretty special. Yeah. Um, for me, Rocco. Rocco's always the first girlfriend, right? The sweetheart, the childhood sweetheart. And uh, yes. if you go on my Instagram, I don't. I think legally <laughs> we're still able to get away with it before they. I sang uh, when I did voice voiceover rocks. Uh, it was a benefit show that I did years ago. I sang uh. Rocco singing uh, Radiohead's I'm a Creep. Oh, and that's on Instagram, and I say so it's very okay. so you can go mm-hmm. check out my Instagram and see Rocco singing. But Rocco is, <laughs> uh, was my introduction into the voiceover world, and uh, it's something that I famously dragged Tom Kenny in with me. I'll take no credit for his talent, just like suggesting that this guy could be pretty good. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Rocco, Rocco for sure. I love Rocco, he's sweet. Follow-up, follow-up <laughs> question. Uh, I was talking to my buddy about the guest we we're gonna have on tonight. Is it true that you were the voice of the uh, Taco Bell Chihuahua? Yeah, people love it. <laughs> and in one call, you know we can ask him to say it. <laughs> yeah. He lizard lizard. Oh, I uh, love it. Oh my God, this blew my yeah. mind. Pretty iconic <laughs> years before Riley was was born, but yeah, one of those iconic things that happened and just yeah. and just wonderful. And uh, I it did was it. a cultural shift, kid. It was a cultural shift. <laughs> yeah, well, the 90s were uh, just a, a special time. And uh, and it's funny because the 90s fashions are sort of coming back at our middle school. It's like, hey, maybe the dog can come back into your middle school. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you. That that was a, another co- iconic role for me and, and, and very lucky and right place, right time, right voice. So it, that was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Riley, um, since you're still at the budding of your starting career as a voiceover actress, being in Doc um, Muffins and Star Trek Prodigy, I've always asked this question when it comes to 
theater actors, I like to ask you as a voice actors, is there a role out there, a voiceover role that you would love to play one day in your career down the road? Um, I would definitely like to maybe like do something in like a movie, maybe like one of those big movies, like a Disney movie, like, like on a Disney. light year that your dad did. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah. Like, like, kind of like the, I auditioned for the film Luca, um, okay. Julia, I think, but I did not get it. Cause I think I was too young, but like definitely one of those Disney movies. And then, um, for on camera acting, definitely um, a movie as well, which I just got a director's call back for one of those two. So hopefully that. But for all my career voice acting and on camera acting, I just need like that one movie, you know? Oh, yes. And a follow up question. What is your favorite Disney movie currently? Um, I watch more TV shows than I watch movies. Okay. But right now. What's that movie that we just watched? Oh, Strange World. That was pretty good. Strange we liked World. it. And, and and we know that it out there was like, you know, not universally loved, but sitting no. down and watching it, I thought it was pretty inventive and, and we enjoyed it. Yeah. Strange World was really cool. Awesome. Great. Awesome. I had an interesting question. I, I'm trying to put this as, uh, I guess, as delicate, delicately as I can, because now in the voiceover world, you have to be the same close to the same character especially when it comes to ethnicity now of course you can play aliens you can play yeah. animals with no repercussions but uh, i was curious on your thoughts carlos on on the importance of of an actor a voiceover actor portraying the correct ethnicity of a character of course we've seen characters like apu from the simpsons be yeah. um, recast and um cleveland from the family guy be recast yeah. Um, and I know that you as an actor played multiple ethnicities as well. So I was curious what your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think even repre- representation is is a, a wonderful thing to, to have happen. And obviously, when you tilt the scales, it'll happen where somebody's pushed out. Um, on mm-hmm. the show, uh, Victor and Valentino, they felt it wasn't cult- cult- culturally appropriate for the guy that played Clarence to play Miguel. So I got to be, hey, um, what's going on, Victor? What's happening? And I just did a voice match. In the case, Eric Bauza really was instrumental in me getting a role uh, as Alexa's father on Trece, which is a Filipino show. And this is something <laughs> I had the professor in college, Edilberto Cajucam, and uh, the accent is really similar to That's, Spanish. You just I know that because I'm Filipino. That was awesome. <laughs> There is too much cooking oil on the food. Yes, yes, that's it. <laughs> with uh, linguists to get it just right because right. Anton was not uh, of the lower class in Manila. So he wouldn't say, you guys, we need a victory with the B. He would actually right. say V. So right. the Papalan Mandalingba was one of the characters. But So I got to work on that show, and I'm not Filipino. So that was really, in this day and age, obviously I'm not Filipino, but pretty special um like for example coco they wanted to cast real uh, authentic mexican actors um i was not part of that one but jorge gutierrez who's a buddy of mine my in the three he's hired me for everything so i get to work on book of life and things like that Um, it's gonna it's it's all gonna even out but sometimes somebody will get displaced and it may not feel right but i think it is important for everybody to have their own cultural representation and once the scales are even one day, then everybody gets to play everything again. And so I don't mind yeah. it 
uh, even though it has some adverse effects, it is right for people to be able to play uh, who they represent. And I'm being from Argentina and I got some Italian and Spanish and I, I get a lot of things open to me. I can play white and Spanish roles. So that's pretty lucky for me. So yeah. And Riley can play big rock aliens. Yeah. <laughs> with no, with no repercussions. I mean, for Luca, is 75% Italian from Jersey, you know, Patrizio Malatesta came together. So she has the Italian roots, you know, and yeah. she's got the Argentinian Latino roots. And so, we're, we're lucky. We're multicultural. There you go. That's cool. Let's just not have the the aliens uh, from Rock Talks uh, Planet all up in arms because you're not yeah. a true <laughs> alien. Yeah. You don't know. Planet. You don't know. All things are possible, man. You don't know. <laughs> I, so I had another question for you about voice acting. Uh, a couple of us on the panel are aspiring actors. So as we fail to get audition after audition, you then like get to see the show that you read for and pretend that you like you would have done it better. Is that the same with voice acting? Like when you watch something, like when you watch an animated feature, does your ear like prick at stuff and you're like, well, I don't know about that choice. Or are you able to like buy into the illusion that you usually give to other people? What? Which one? Um, well, it was on on-camera acting. When I got, when I auditioned for Sydney to the max. Yeah. I think it was like my ethnicity because they went with, um, I think, I don't know, just. A different ethnicity. Yeah, and you thought. And when I watched her performance, I was like, they could have done much better. Like, we all do it. We all do it. I'm not trying to be like, like self-obsessed or something, but like, no, I rest. You got it. You got to kind of like, yeah. And the converse is true. I've seen some of the performances that I've done. I'm like, you know, they could have got somebody else. Even the even the Taco Bell dog. Even the Taco Bell dog. I mean, they help shape it, but it's really. And here's where you borrow octaves, right? When I did "Come Fly with Me, Gachinha," that's obviously "Yo Quiero Taco Bell." So, you know, <laughs> "Yo Quiero Taco Bell." There's thousands of Latino actors that could have done that, probably done it better, probably done it differently. And so it happens in reverse. You know, we mm-hmm. get voices that I think Rocco is special. Um, there's some voices I've done where I think, you know, anybody could probably do this and do it better. And I just happen to be lucky enough to do it. But there, I don't think there is. There's always going to be a few roles. Like when we think in terms of big celebrities, right? Voiceover actors are specialists. We're jazz musicians and studio musicians that can hit any note you want. And sometimes they'll bring in a celebrity that just can't really give you what they need. And those instances are like, oh, and I will say in in Happy Feet 2, I thought, because obviously Brad Pitt and Matt Damon are incredible actors, but they played the krill in the second one, and they just used their own voice. If they would have let Brad and Matt do some characters, I thought it would have fit better. Mm. So that wasn't, and, and so there's things like that, right? You know, obviously about Billy Crystal and Ellen DeGeneres and John Goodman in, in the whole Pixar world are fantastic. And, right. um, you know, I have a job where I'm doing a lot of Mike Wazowski sounds alike, and it's all because Billy Crystal made this great template and mm-hmm. built wonderful character and now i'm just using it to paint by numbers so yeah we're always going to be jealous or people would be jealous of us but it just whatever fits and that's why for auditioning process i'll tell riley it's just like you just go for it you never know okay sage advice i see a lot of uh dc stuff and we were just talking about dc uh you uh like james gunn announces slay and i see batman unlimited and 
a lot of stuff from the DC world. Uh, uh, how, how was your experience on some of those projects? Uh, your Hernando and Bat- Batman: The Dark Knight Returns and yeah, uh, Cong- Congressman yeah. Noches. <laughs> yeah, a couple of guys that were one guy was more thuggish, right? So like this, he's delay, and then one guy was more pronounced in Spanish. And of course, yeah. Bane uh, in uh, Legion of Doom. Oh yeah, let's hear and, that. Uh, so that was uh, all uh, Andrea Romano who just brought me in and said, do a deep voice that's grabbed like this. I wasn't much like Riley, who's new to the Star Trek world and the canon of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't sure I wasn't a comic book guy, per se. So okay. I wasn't sure how big a role Bane was. And Andrea Romano, oh. was. she coached me through the whole thing. You know, what or, when we fought before, I broke the bat. Tonight, I break the man. <laughs> so she helped me. <laughs> part of this wonderful dc franchise that i really wasn't clued into and so and it's the same with with riley to be in the star trek world when we're both both of us were like i watched a little bit of classic you know shatner star trek when i grew up yeah but she had no idea what this world is and now she's growing into it and it's it's oh, pretty really cool. cool yeah get ready the fans are intense they're going to ask you how stuff works. You're going to get questions yeah. about like dilithium <laughs> crystals in the warm dry. You just, you just got to roll with it. Just... <laughs> hey, Riley, if you ever need help to sort of things out or help out with fans, I will definitely help you out. But I do have a question with you. Now that you got into the role of Star Trek, have you seen any of the other series that is currently on the air, like Discovery or um, Strange Worlds? And do you have a favorite among some of the previous series? No, the favorite Star Trek series, but oh, you didn't watch I've the series, never, you watched the movies to, to just warm you up, right? I watched one I watched one of the movies and I remember I was like eight when I was watching them and it was like rated PG fourteen. So my mom had to skip through like a bunch of scenes. So <laughs> I kind of got the hang of it like a little bit. I saw like the main scene where like this obviously like became a thing, like but like it still didn't really I didn't really understand it. And I think Star Trek Prodigy is like everyone has their starter Star Trek of where they get into the the type of fandom. So I definitely think my starter is the show that I'm working on right now because it's like what I am doing. And that's the one that I'm watching. And I from episode one, like I grew into it. And I now I know what it means without just like watching a random movie, having no idea what this is. But there was one episode where you went into simulation and the classic, they, they digital, they brought back the digital voices of, of the classics of uh, Spock and Kirk and uh, I think oh, really cool. uh, McCoy yeah. and Scott and McCoy. Yeah. So though they appeared on your show, but yeah. Um, and uh, for me, Lower Decks, I just thought I found, who did I play? Cause my, my friend said, I just finished Star Trek Lower Decks and I heard your voice. And I'm like, what, what, what? Oh, Captain Buen Amigo. And yeah. Uh, mm. He blows up. Sorry, folks, but he could be back. <laughs> it's Star Trek. It's sci-fi. I mean, on a different timeline, he can totally reappear. <laughs> yeah, he'll show- come back with a goatee and be the evil version, right? <laughs> yeah, Carlos, you could establish yourself as um, Jeffrey Combs of the animated Star Trek since he did, I think, at least eleven different characters throughout four different series. So you yeah. can do animated. I saw Jeffrey in his live-action production of Edgar Allan Poe. He's amazing. Wow. Yeah, Jeffrey is amazing. Wow. Hmm. 
But uh, yeah, thank you. We'll see what if I come back. I've been killed. Garcia got killed. He came back on Reno 911. Uh, you know, I died as Mr. Weed and I came back for a flat one flashback episode. So they keep pulling me back in. Oh, <laughs> Let, let's talk about Reno 911. I mean, it seems like to be the gift that keeps on giving for you, Carlos. Uh, it, it it has now it has a home on Roku. It was previously on, on Comedy Central. So um, are, are we getting a season nine? I don't know. I think the things we fil- filmed for Quibi uh, went on to Roku, went on to yeah. episodes on Comedy Central as well. Um, I hope so. We never know. We never know. Niecy Nash, as long as Niecy Nash is walking this earth, we will get more Reno because she demands it. As busy as she is. She is busy. She will <laughs> always come back whenever. Yeah, Dahmer. I mean, my gosh. So, so yeah. if, as long as Niecy Nash walks the earth. There's always a possibility of more Reno, so we'll see. I, we just did It's a Wonderful Heist, so people seem to like I, it. I watched that and some of season seven today to, to get acquainted yeah. with uh, Reno 911. It's, I shot it's, my a, it's a laugh out loud fest. I mean, uh, it's so freaking funny. That's fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Riley, do you get to watch uh, Reno 911? I don't know if you're... <laughs> um, I'm, I, I will... I, what, what's the rating? It's probably PG or that's a that's a later in life show. <laughs> I'll I can show her some clips. I can guide her in. I right. watched watch, like stuff, but I watched like Ginny and Georgia. Yeah, you watch Ginny and Georgia. Okay, so you can handle that. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll you got you got to be careful about what you're confessing, man. You got to sh- you're gonna get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, no. No, I see. See weird videos on his phone related to it, and it's so weird. No, no, I got the mustache and all high and tight haircut. Yeah, aviator <laughs> sunglasses. Yeah. Some of us, some of us call it art, but it is. I'm gonna weird. show. I'm gonna show a good cop, black cop. That's a good classic sketch. <laughs> I remember when um we were on a ski lift, and I was I had to go next to this random couple. And, like, I don't know, but we started talking, and I was like, oh, yeah, my dad's an actor. And they were like, what has what he acted in? And I was like, Reno 911 and stuff like that. And, and the guy was, like, a big fan of it, and I didn't know the name of your character. Yeah. And he was like, who does he play? And I was like, and I was like you know, the old guy. The old guy. <laughs> <laughs> the old guy. Who's the name of Reno? The old guy, Jeffy James Garcia. Yes, I love it. Wow. Yeah, I just watched uh, some episodes. Uh, we first of all, Wendy McLennan Coey, she is amazing. We we've uh, had a few interviews with her uh, in person, and uh, I was curious what what it was like working with her specifically. Because I remember me, she was not part of the original pilot. Amy Brissett played my daughter, and then we revisited it in 2003. Yeah. And the pilot, they decided Garcia shouldn't have a daughter. We're gonna bring in a salty ex magician's assistant uh, woman, and that was Wendy, and I been privileged every time to work her we had some wonderful episodes where garcia and her had a thing and she pushed Mm -hmm. you scared me away that was a wonderful kind of (laughs) line for an episode but she's amazing she's so facile her and cedric are are probably the two true improvisers with all that groundlings in minnesota uh, uh, type of uh i forgot what cedric's organization was in in minnesota but they had the true improv background the rest of us like nisi and ben and tom and carrie more sketch people that was pre-written me a stand-up comic but boy wendy and 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 cedric can bring it at levels ian uh ian uh why why am i forgetting ian's last name declan oh why am i ian roberts uh roberts is yes. a master improviser joe latrulio great 
So, uh, yeah, Wendy is amazing. She's so easy. She was such a great listener. And here's a quick story. Uh, Kyle Dunnigan playing Craig Pullen. Hey, Craig Pullen, the, the Truckee River killer. He comes in for one episode, right, where these kids knocked over my ice cream cone, and now I got nowhere to go. I guess I'll just go home to my cats. Wendy, as an improviser, hears that, knows that Weigel is in the cats, and she goes, well, you know, Weigel can kind of take care of your cats and introduces them, they become boyfriend and girlfriend, and now this one episode off becomes a whole series, all because Wendy listens and puts two and two together. It was like, that's the way you do it. That's master improvisation, so. And that's what the majority of the show is, right, Carlos? It's very little script, right? You get the beats, you get the A, B, and C. That's the best way to do it. Yeah, uh, Garcia takes a long time to get goes on a circuitous route with Kenny Rogers to keep him safe. <laughs> end up, this will happen. And then just start, turn on the cameras in the car and start riffing with Kenny Rogers, you know, stuff like that. Good, that good cop, bad cop started out in rehearsal as good cop, bad cop. Yeah. I, I just, during rehearsal, I said, good cop, black cop. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah, good cop, black cop. It's not good cop, black cop. It's good cop, bad cop. Black cop, bad cop, same thing. And they go, this is what we and then we just went with it, and it ends with Cedric choking me, and then wow. the girl getting away. So that things like that, you know. <laughs> Martin, you like had something? Set, yeah. Did they have like a, a formula to it? Like, was there a set amount of time or set amount of takes? They'd let you riff and then just go with what they had, or if the energy was in the right spot, would they let you go for like say ten takes in one shot and maybe only one or two in the other if you needed it? Yeah, you might spend a, if they really wanted to hit nail a joke and it wasn't working, that you'd get multiple takes beyond five or six. If you made mistakes, like when uh, Wendy and I made, a, uh, I made her laugh with, uh, she'll have something of less than or equal value. We did that about 10 times. But generally, they would get it in one or two takes and be able to edit it together to kind of keep it fresh. But yeah, we were allowed to expound on it. And then they sometimes went, okay, there's too much fat in that. Just hit this joke, hit this joke, hit this joke, uh-huh. but again. And so we would style it that way. But it was very fast, very fast. That's awesome. It's kind of how they did Veep. I mean, I worked a lot on Veep, and it seemed like they were always one or two takes, and they just kind of improvised a lot of stuff. Yeah, they're excellent actors. Those guys are so good. Oh, Matt Walsh is a member of that uh, same school study, I believe. Yeah. UCB? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that's fantastic, fantastic training. If anyone wants to do uh, um, improv training, yeah, Upright Citizens Brigade is the way to go for sure. And Groundlings, those two. Yeah, can't get any better than yeah, that. That's pretty good. Yeah, that is awesome. Wow, this has been great, man. Uh, Carlos and Riley, uh, thank you so much uh, for chatting with us here on Below the Belt Show. Uh, and if we could, let's get a little promo, maybe in some of your favorite voice characters, you know. Let us know who you are. Um, throw out some of your accolades, your voice characters, maybe. And let us know you're on Below the Belt Show. Um. I'm Riley Hellas Rocky. Um, I've played Rock Talk and Star Trek Prodigy. Um, who do I play? Doug Unplugged. Doug Unplugs. Who do I play? I forget. <laughs> uh, what do I play in Puppy Dog Pat? I don't know. I'm in Puppy Dog Pat. <laughs> um, and I'm on Below the Belt Show. Hello, this is Carlos Hellas Rocky, the voice of Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life, Mr. Cooker, Timmy Turner. And Winslow, hey, cat dog, and Bane, and a lot of others. And I am so happy and glad to be on Below the Belt show with Al and Dean 
and Martin, and I my glasses I need Grant. Is it like so? I would say guest. Guest. I'm going to say great. No, well, that's actually Paul. Uh, <laughs> Rocky, the voice of Rocco. So happy to be on the the belt. Yes. Well done. Well that done. That was indeed. amazing. Thank you. <laughs> I said Grant. I am old. See. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a photo op. Uh, Riley and uh, Carl's get a little closer together for the photo op. All right. So you're in the square. All right. Here we go. And one, two, and smile. Awesome. Oh, that was great. Turned out really good. Of course, a Farpoint Con. Dean, tell them where you can go for more Farpoint Con information. Oh, my goodness. You had to throw it back to me. Oh, yes. my goodness. You're the expert. <laughs> for those who are coming, this is Farpoint 30. Can you believe 30 years? Farpoint.com, February 10th through the 12th. You heard it here. The Alice Rockies, Carlos, Riley are coming there. We have Wilson Cruz from Star Trek Discovery and Billy West from a little show known as Futurama and all the things he's oh. done. So Delta Hotels, Hunt Valley, that's where to go. You better come because it's the 30th anniversary. I'm sure there's going to be some surprises. And plus, I'm going to be hosting a little-known game show called Sci-Fi Square, so you got to see me that's as well. Cool. There you go. And below the belt show, we'll be in the house, of course. So. Thank you so much, Carlos, Riley. Amazing uh, having you on, and thank you so much. And we'll we'll see you uh, at Farpoint. See you at Farpoint. See you. Yeah. Have a good All night. Right. All right. Bye bye, right, guys. Bye bye, guys. That was Carlos and Riley, guys. Wow, that was awesome. That that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. How fun is it like to not just have like two actors in the family but like two voice actors who get to like work together especially like that's something that makes yes. her happy and she digs doing to like have yes. your father be that experienced and like well done it's like oh yeah you're right it's yeah. like growing up playing basketball and like michael jordan's your old man you're like you can ask them legit questions about chris I'm like what do i do in the post <laughs> yeah i mean you know she's she has those connections at her disposal so uh no doubt but uh congratulations to both of them um uh and uh yeah that that pretty much concludes btb i did have one more rip to announce and um, this one okay. um hits We're a little close to home because it uh he's somebody from the, the great state of delaware he is um known as jay briscoe but his um his government name was jamin dale pew yeah. he was sadly killed in an, a car accident um but he was part of the legendary tag team known as the briscoe brothers um from roh um and eight they made some appearances in AEW wrestling yeah. never made it to wwe um but uh certainly very very sad i know we had the the briscoes on the show way back when yeah. but uh, and i met uh, him before he's he's like you met really him before nice. too? He, was a, he was a really nice guy yeah that's so so sad. I mean, yeah, um, Harris, I mean, I know his daughters are on the car. Are they doing better now too? Or are they? That's the thing. I, I don't have an update on on the daughters, but that that's. Uh, I mean, I heard they were like recovering, but I don't know what their status so is. So the daughters were also involved in the car accident. Yeah. They suffered very serious injuries, um, but sadly, uh, the driver of the vehicle, uh, Jay Briscoe, Jamin yeah. Pugh, um, sadly passed away, um, and of course his brothers, yeah. Mark Briscoe um but um so uh the update that i see here is that um this is a little bit of an older article but the girls yeah. are stable they both oh, have a good. very long road of recovery ahead of them 
Um, apparently, Gracie, one of the daughters, couldn't feel anything from the waist down. She was diagnosed was a, with an L2 dislocation, an L3 and L4 fr- fracture in the spinal cord. Um, so that that's whew, that's really, really, really. Um, and Jaylee, um, I guess her sister, um, had a, a tibia and fibula fracture. Um, she also had a C7 fracture in her neck, and she's in a neck brace. Um, um, I guess considering she has less lesser injuries yeah um god it, it would be really really right. sad if that daughter is ne- never able to walk again so yeah very very Just sad keep the family in prayers. definitely keep the family uh in in their prayers um of course um those that we uh, already announced that we kind of rushed through annie Wershing, best known for her roles in 24 bosch in the video game the last of us which is now a big hit show on hbo um, died of a two-year battle with cancer at the age of 45. Kevin O'Neill, the younger brother of Ryan O'Neill, uh, sadly passed away at the age of 77. And of course, um, the original um, Wednesday Adams, Lisa Loring, passed away, and she was actually just slated to be in a um, um, a con in uh, Maryland called the uh, I believe the Pop Culture the the Maryland Pop Culture and Horror Con the Maryland Pop and Horror Con right yes yeah, she was actually slated to be a guest of that and sadly she sure. passed but she had a stroke um, she was only sixty four yeah uh, this, that's when you start to cash in on the like you like this old school iconic role that gets revived all of a sudden you didn't do anything and the phone starts ringing right like she deserved right. that she deserved that attention yeah. and money. Yeah, yeah. Do you think she got the, um? You think she got money from the new Wednesday? No, that's she, she would have if she if she did a bunch of appearances and started getting booked. And stuff, yeah. I'm just oh, saying. if she did, yeah. yes. Well, like think about what they did with uh the guy. From well, like the, I remember back in the day, um, Adam West made money by just buying the Batmobile and doing car shows. Yeah, that, he used to charge like ten dollars an autograph because like nobody really mm-hmm. cared until he became bigger later on in life. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Then he could like, charge two hundred dollars an autograph. Yeah, yeah exactly. when when the new Flash took off, uh, they went back and roped back the guy who played the Flash and like with that series in like '93, '94. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, like he didn't have to do any heavy lifting for mm-hmm. that. And just like the Phantom yeah. carries itself and like sort yeah. of pays its dues back. And uh, he's actually going to be at a con in um, Fairfax in March. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, Fairfax Comic Con Junior. Oh, there you go. Yep. There you go. And of course, yeah, let's not forget he's the Flash from like 17 different universes now. He's, he's right. He's got good work. <laughs> Let's not forget Cindy Williams, who we heard the opening promo um, yeah. from Laverne and Shirley, who played the the one and only Shirley, sadly uh, passed away after a brief illness. So um, those are the rest in peace. Of course, with death, we celebrate life for those are celebrating another trip around the sun. First of all, congratulations to Paris well, to the two people on our board, I guess. I mean, they both are having a celebrating their birthday. Uh, two people on the board. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Happy birthday, <laughs> Martin Lopez and Dean Rogers, Happy of birthday. course. Of course. We're replacing what was lost. And of course, um, <laughs> celebrities selling birthdays specifically today on Wednesday, uh, January 31st, include Jonathan Banks of Better Call Saul Breaking Bad. He's 76. Mm. Um, actress Kelly Lynch is 64. Actress Minnie Driver, 53. Actress Portia de Rossi, 50. Bobby Moynihan, who just appeared in uh, the Carlos Alazakri's. Al- uh, um reno 911 film uh the uh christmas film happy birthday to bobby 
Um, yeah. He's 46. Kerry Washington, the wonderful Kerry Washington's 46. JT, Justin Timberlake, 42. Happy birthday, I JT. We're the same year. And I'm just right? Well, he looks like he's in his twenties, though, doesn't he? Still. Yeah, you, you both both you guys look look young for your age, right? <laughs> uh, and of course, Joel Courtney of the Kissing Booth franchise. He is twenty seven. That's birthdays on a BTB, and of course, a BTB panel birthdays. Martin Lopez and Dean Rogers, um, and of course, uh, happy uh, birthday to BTB's birthday. own Sabrina Taylor Smith. Uh, she's gonna get a birthday shout out. On the show next week. So, uh, um, happy birthday, Sabrina, too. Yep, happy birthday, Sue Sabrina. So, I guess is she going to come up with a birthday song for her own birthday? She I mean, should. I can see her doing that. She should do she that should. birthday song. You right? need to give her, give her some homework. There you go. She, she I know she's going to sing happy birthday to herself, right? <laughs> <That's> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can right, only guys. imagine. Yeah. Wrapping tonight's show with um wow uh, a song uh, by Dean Rogers a uh, pick selection. Dean, why don't I'm you go ahead and okay. introduce? I'm not going to sing a song. No, no, no. Okay, so we're special. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to do something um, in relation to my birthday, which I found out um, back in 1991. This artist she sung at the 1991 American Music Awards. And it was her first single after recovering from a severe bus accident the year before. Oh. And but she made the song and it was inspired by the recovery and is one of her top ten hits of all time. And to think just a few months after that song, I lost my dad the same year. So oh, sorry. Oh, no. Dedication to him, a dedication to everyone who's suffering and loss or suffering or struggling and i feel this is the correct song and it's by the great gloria estefan herself and the song is coming out of the dark all right the classic cut now the closing cut chosen by dean on the scene rogers thank you so much panelists the one and only of course the birthday boy dean rogers Dean on the scene. The other birthday boy, Martin Lopez, aka the once a future king, one true knight, and the last Numenorian. Uh, the one and only Paul Wallace, aka the Sith Lord, Darth oh, Wallace. Oh, I am a Sith Lord. That's right. I, I need to bring a lightsaber. That's what I need to do. <laughs> you got it. You look more like a Sith Lord next time you're here. And I'm Al. Hey, my face out like Darth Maul. I mean, just. Yeah, there you go. Darth Paul. <laughs> Darth Paul. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Martin's got it going on. I am Al Celebrity Soto, guys. Uh, closing with the closing cut. We will see you guys next week uh, celebrating Sabrina Taylor Smith's birthday and some other great guests. We will see you next time. Right, see ya. Till then. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling.
like I feel it. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.